Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Monday afternoon, 6 o'clock, all-new Southern Sports Central for the next three hours. That's right. From 6 to 9, we're going to be hitting you up with a very talented guest list, and we'll start with Kevin Villadu right here in sports. We always go to Charlotte, North Carolina, where we'll be checking in with Reginald Walker, Jr., former Penn State Nittany Lion, current contributor to Southern Sports Central. A lot to cover, high school, college, and some NFL definitely on the menu when he joins us for his epic as well. Then at 7.30, we find one of the young ballers who's going to be doing big things around the PD area. That is going to be over at Dillon High School with Jackie Hayes. He's got the class of 22 linebacking core. Trayvon Johnson will join us to talk about what these young men expect. And I already know they expect a state championship, but, boy, they are definitely looking forward to this season as they've added a few new to some parts. We'll talk about that with this young man and kind of figure out what he's been doing to stay in shape and to get ready for Friday Night Lights because guess what? This Friday there will be a lot of lights on, and it won't be at home. It'll be in a local stadium near you in the state of South Carolina as the South Carolina High School League kicks off week one. And who better to come in at 8 o'clock to talk about not only that around the state, but focus heavily on the upstate is Cole Bryson, the voice of the Burns Rebels. He's also a very common voice on a Saturday morning up there in the upstate on ESPN. So we'll talk to Cole, of course, about what he thought of the weekend that was on Friday night. There was a lot of teams that were out and about getting those final touches of scrimmages one another. We'll talk about the upstate and how they did. Out here locally, there was a jamboree, if you will, up in Monk's Corner. You had a lot of teams involved in that one, Hanahan and Stratford, Colleton County, and Goose Creek, Berkeley, and Andrews. Don't let the scores fool you. I'm going to go ahead and let that cat out of the bag. I've had multiple conversations throughout today. See the score where it was 0-0 on the Berkeley and, of course, Andrews. And then the 14-14 tie between the likes of Colleton County and Goose Creek. Well, here's a food for thought. If you are Berkeley or you're Goose Creek, 
you probably were in attendance to watch both games. One you were coaching, the other one you were scouting. So I'm pretty sure you didn't see some of the bigger dogs that were actually going to be playing in week one because that is going to be the game of the week here on Southern Sports Central will be that here in the low country where we will focus on Berkeley, Goose Creek. I'm not going to say it's a winner-take-all, but it's definitely a winner-stands-all. I'm going to bring in Eugene. I know he's coming back from Charlotte. Eugene, it's finally here. We talked about do what you need to do, handle business where it needs to be handled, respect the space, and we'll have a Friday Night Lights, and it looks like it's uh, four days away, bud. Yeah, we're set to kick off uh, around the low country. I haven't seen any uh, cancellations or postponements. I saw one in the upstate area kind of area today with Abbeville games postponed. But as of right now, you know, I'm trying to find some wood to knock on. I don't have any because I'm in the car. But, um, you know, as of right now, it looks like it's all go. I know there are some ticket issues going around, even though there's a thousand tickets. I know some schools have actually uh, pared it down a little bit, and they're not quite going that far. They're averaging about 150. I've seen some 200 uh, tickets for each side. But as of right now, it's, you know, we're set to spot the ball, kick it off in the 40 and get going. I know the young man I'm traveling with today was uh, up in Charlotte. We actually are in Columbia now uh, getting ready to do just that. He's ready to kick off from the 40. But, um, you know, we're excited, man. I had a bunch of dads get up this morning texting me at 6.30 a.m. with the countdown on of four days left. We got – you know, for those teams around the low country, today's a full pad. Tuesday's a full pad. Wednesday's either a shell for most teams. Uh, Thursday's a walkthrough. I know some coaches call it a run-through. And Friday, loading the buses, man, having those team meals, uh, saying the, the pregame prayer, you know, the final talk, the final, we're going to wrap in some ankles and spotting the ball. Let's go. Yeah, a lot of that spot in the ball and let's go is going to be the conversation throughout the week. I actually was out of practice just moments ago and, you know, still seeing the intensity, still seeing the late. We don't have time to slow down. We've got to put this gas on it and move forward. Uh, of course, a lot of teams have had multiple scrimmages throughout. Of course, I think at least two for a lot of them, but not, of course, everybody. Uh, you know, some people utilize the opportunities to practice within their own teams because some of them have it like that. Some have a very impressive group of athletes all across the field, and some can say that they play on a practice better talents that they may see on a Friday night. That's just the reality of some teams and the luxury of having that kind of talent around it. Now, Thursday night, JV will be in full effect. I will be, of course, over – uh, of Fort, watching Fort and Ashley Ridge, looking to see what Coach Shane Fiddler's uh, kind of put together with uh, his youngins, as they would call them. And then same goes for Coach Pratt. Now, I know on Saturday there was a – I guess it's the same thing. It's a jamboree for the B team and the JV across the, uh, the low country. A lot of teams showed up over to Ashley Ridge. Seems to be a really good turnout. Everybody handled the rules extremely well. Not everybody came out feeling as good as others. That's, that's the way it works sometimes when you hadn't had a chance to practice because even though the varsity guys have been practicing, some a little longer than others, how about the JV and the B-team guys? They haven't been in full pads. Some of them maybe not even two full weeks. So we're asking them to do a lot. 
Now, the crazy thing, Eugene, you mentioned waking up this morning, and it felt almost like playoff time. The weather is cool. The air is crisp. You see the leaves starting to fall out of the trees. It's definitely football weather here in South Carolina, but it feels a little later in the season. But I got to be honest with you. Man, I like this weather. Realistically, this is going to be a better start date than what we would see in late August, early September, because heat will not be the conversation come Friday night. And I believe the temperatures are going to be in the 50s when kickoff hits the clocks and we start getting some Friday night lights kicking off here in the low country. Yeah, I agree. And that's actually one of the things that we were talking about on the way up here was the uh, cooler weathers. And actually what you get in the cooler weathers in South Carolina is you get a lot of wind. And uh, because, you know, a lot of the wind from the, the temperature change coming off the ocean, the water and the land temperatures are, are different, causing that wind, especially that wind coming in from uh, the east, which would be offshore. So a lot of times you might have a, light, uh, a left to right wind. That's actually some of the things we were working on with Coach Orner, um, who's a guy that played seven years with the Falcons. He's a trainer up in Charlotte. That's actually what we were working on today with some hash work on field goals with that left to right wind. Uh, as well as, you know, you get kickoffs. You know, some days you get kickoffs at your back and the ball just sails and sails and sails. And then sometimes, you know, as you, you come out at the second half, you got to kick into that wind. A uh, perfect example is the guy from Georgia Tech uh, also trained with uh, Coach Orner, and he was telling us those conversations. You know, the guy at the beginning of the game when they had the wind at his back was putting him in, you know, past the end zone and hitting off the wall behind the, uh, the goalpost. And then the second half was, you know, hitting it even harder and the ball was dying at the 10, you know, and that's a returnable ball. So there are things that you have to adjust as your coaching staff, because you might have a guy that can kick it 80 yards, but you get that wind at this time of year and, and the cooler temperatures, the ball's just not going to fly. Uh, the humidity is down and the humidity actually uh, kills balls in the air. But, you know, so there's so many different things that come with that, but I'm with you, man. Everybody wants to play in that little bit of cooler weather, especially dudes that like to wear sleeves and stuff like that. Uh, it's definitely we possibly won't have as much hydration and cramping issues, so that's good. The heat exhaustion that'll be good. I, I'm I was thinking that earlier this morning. I was like, man, I really like this weather. Um, maybe that's kind of what those uh, up north teams. I, I know in December they want to trade with us, but I think uh, in August and early September games we want to trade with those guys. Yeah, I would agree with you. We, we we look at certain things certain ways. Again, regionally in the spring, it, it's a different world than it is in other places. Here in the fall, it's definitely different than it is up north. And, uh, you know, that's why a lot of our athletes are able to be a little bit further advanced in a lot of areas because they're able to practice all year long. You know, you think about baseball for a very short minute here, and the reason that you think about how good baseball is down in the south is because we're able to play 24-7. And those dudes up in the north have to come down here on the south side and play in a lot of the tournaments this side of North Carolina and down into South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, and across that bottom half of the United States just to get activity. So, again, same kind of thing for the football. I, I like it. I understand it. I would almost like to see us maybe endorse something like this. What does that mean? Well, it means that maybe the season is going to go a little deeper because you ought to have a full schedule, not a short schedule. They're missing a few games this year. Or maybe they adjusted to where you don't have such a long season. I don't know. I think that – and I don't really want that because it's already, to me, a short season, which is why we miss it the most. You know, it's not like baseball that's forever and ever and basketball. Heck, these guys are going to get done with the NBA and then turn around and starting 
the season right around the corner. So you've got all these certain things, and the thing that makes the NFL and it makes college and, and high school football as good as it is is because it gives us time to miss it. But I love starting later for multiple reasons, and let's go health number one. Uh, you know, the, the weather is incredible. I mean, I cannot wait to be on the TV screen Friday night calling that Fort Norchester-Ashley Ridge game, you know, breaking the ice, uh, you know, doing something. Fort's over here doing something that, that nobody's done yet at the high school level. And I think it's going to be something that you're going to see becoming a trend. That and Internet radio, which we kind of broke that mold years ago, calling games right here on, a, on an Internet-based show, actually did it Saturday night, Eugene. We were over at Danny Jones. You probably heard us from the house. And uh, got to call the 12U game, which was a very entertaining opportunity for us. And then called a game that looked just like what you saw if you watched the Atlanta Falcons playing the Dallas Cowboys. We saw that the night before on the 10U game where Ashley Ridge, the 10U Swamp Foxes, were up by 16 toward meltdown. But I'm going to say that the Raiders of North Charleston – Definitely stepped up, did what they needed to do, played four quarters, and came out with a win of 23. I think it was the 16. And I got to tell you, man, doesn't matter at what level it is, watching these young ballers ball out, and even at that level, especially at 8U and 10U, you see their helmets are bigger than their bodies at some point. These cats are running, and nothing but gravity is grabbing their heads and leaning it back. Man, it was a great time and definitely a first time, and we look forward to next weekend, if you're, of course, following us, with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. We'll be over at Cane Bay on Saturday night at 6 o'clock right here on Southern Sports Central calling the Cane Bay Cobra against that same team, North Charleston, the Raiders. So I guess they kind of feel like we're traveling with them. But, man, you know, you can't get enough football. We're blessed to have the opportunity to do what we do on Saturdays. Of course, I get to do what I do on Fridays. And there looks to be maybe some opportunity on a few Thursdays that Southern Sports Central may get some work in. So stay tuned. To that news, once and if it breaks loose, we'll let you know. But, man, this is it. You know, I know you rode up to Charlotte with a bunch of dudes or a few dudes or what have you, but then you got there and there was a lot of guys there as well. Not everybody, I would imagine, at this situation you were at today, do they get to play, Eugene, or did you guys have nothing but South Carolina guys practicing up there in Charlotte? Well, actually, today, uh, this was a one-on-one. Uh, Coach Horner set out some time just to work with Spencer individually, so that was pretty good. Uh, he did get invited today. Uh, he and Coleman were invited to the Special Ops. What Special Ops is going to be is, uh, as people know, North Carolina is not playing in the fall. Uh, so what Coach Horner is doing is, one, to give them game-time simulated guys where he'll have some of the NFL guys out, We'll have some of the college guys out um, who will be doing some, some individualized training on Sunday afternoons uh, starting in October, November, where he'll have a snapper, a holder. Everything will be filmed. It's going to be, you know, the 15 elite guys based out of South Carolina and North Carolina. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of, you know, getting ready for the college camps, uh, fingers crossed, and, and knocking on wood that they'll have those for the next year to kind of give these uh, special group of guys that, that leg up when it comes time to recruiting. We, t- we did a little bit of the recruiting pitches and talks today, uh, kind of looking at some rosters and things like that. There's a school that you and I have talked about for Spencer that seems like it might be a good fit, and uh, some calls are going to be made uh, to that school up in uh, – I'll just say that they wear the color orange uh, and not in South Carolina. <laughs> but, um, 
you know, and, and but that's what it is. You know, we're just trying to get that work. But you know, when when the guys because of North Carolina shut down, Coach Order set up this what he's called a special ops group, and it's going to be 15 of these guys from North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, that are just really that next next level elite guys that you should see on a Division One, possibly Power Five roster in the next couple of years. But um, and it, it's something to see when you see you know you got a guy that you think is uh, all world talent and comes out there and then you see about four other guys that you can can do something just as special and they all push each other but today uh fortunately we were able to get just that one-on-one time with uh coach Orner. so um and coach call was for you know let him come and uh miss practice coleman friend zone's kind of holding down the varsity reps but um so thursday i'll actually be at a jv game I'll be at the uh, Bishop England JV game. Um, I got some guys uh, on both sides of that game that I trained, so I'll be over there covering that game for us, and you'll be at Fort D. You said Fort D's playing Ashley Ridge, correct? So that'll be Coach yep. Fiedler versus uh, his kind of, Coach Fiedler's welcome to the show. I mean, that's his first uh, live competition, um, so to speak, you know, not counting scrimmages, but that'll be his first game in the low country uh, for the 5A school, and uh, so that'll be pretty exciting, and, you know, his welcome to the Low Country. Oh, by the way, it's uh, Coach LaPrade, and you, you know you don't really start out any any tougher than that. So that's kind of a that's going to be a good welcome welcome to five A ball for Coach Filler. I know he's pretty excited and have those boys pumped for that competition. Yeah, and, and it will be exciting to watch. Now again, that's the JV. He is the head coach of the varsity. He'll see Coach LaPrade. He'll welcome him here over to the uh, to the den on Friday night, where they of course will host that of the. Fort Dorchester Patriots. Uh, but, you know, uh, all of that being said, we'll get more into some of that here at 630 with Kevin Billadu from Live 5 Sports as he will start checking in with us every Monday at 630. It will be brought to you by our friends over there at Live 5 Sports. Always fun to have those guys connected to CBS, connected to us here at Southern Sports Central at CBS Sports, of course. Now, over the weekend, there was some college football that happened Friday night. How about that Shauna Clears? Now, Coastal is 2-0. They're on national TV representing the Grand Strand in the state of South Carolina in style. They win and beat a, a team that I thought they were going to beat. I actually thought it was going to go the way it went, and that was Campbell. Now, Clemson did exactly what I thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to manhandle the Citadel. They were going to give them a paycheck, and the rest was going to be a conversation for another day, and that's exactly what happened. Now, you start looking around and you start thinking to yourself, what about, you know, other teams? Is Georgia Tech, are they good? Can they handle business? You know, you start wondering, is Louisville for real? You know, there's a lot of teams in the ACC that I thought maybe, just maybe, they could be a little bit better this year. Maybe the ACC is going to have a special season. I don't know if I'm buying what's happening across the board. I will say that Notre Dame beating South Florida 52 to nothing was an impressive win. We'll talk about that again. That's going to be the 7 o'clock segment where we'll get in here with uh, Reginald Walker, Jr. We're going to get into a lot of that with him on the scores, the highlights, and some of the headlines. But, you know, the thing that kind of shocked me the most, after Georgia Tech, the rumbling wreck goes in to Tallahassee in a stadium that has tradition and a lot of other greatness coming out of it where Florida State plays on Saturdays as a home field advantage. It was Georgia Tech that found a way to win. They couldn't find the end zone on Saturday when Central Florida beat them. I mean, beat them bad. 49-21. That one was a big shocker. The other shocker? How about the youth? Miami. 
Now, they do play Florida State on Saturday in Miami. Now, that same team, Florida State will not have their head coach. I guess he's shown some signs of that word we don't use around here. So he's not traveling with the team over the weekend. And it may not even make a difference, to be honest with you, because Florida State doesn't impress me very much. But Miami did go in to Louisville and upset the Cardinals, who at the time I think were a top-20 team, 47-34. Now Miami, of course, is going to start getting some love as they have now improved to 2-0. and We'll see what they have to offer. And then Wake Forest, NC State. Now a connection to the low country, and you know that quarterback, Mr. Sam over there at Wake Forest, I thought he looked pretty good, Eugene. But, of course, NC State hungry. They haven't had any games. They were sent home, the entire campus. I mean, they sent the water boy home, his mama home. Everybody at NC State had to go home. So they actually don't have a whole lot of practice time. But they did find a way during playing time to win that game against Wake Forest, 45-42. Early, I get it's only two weeks in, and the SEC kicks off their season next week. Already a lot of disappointment in week one out of the Big 12. Would you say the same disappointment out of, of course, the ACC? Are they still who we thought they were? Well, all right. North Carolina didn't play this weekend, and that was a disappointment because they had Charlotte. Charlotte had a pretty good performance against App State. We thought App State was going to be really good. App State goes and loses this weekend. I mean, and they didn't even look like they the same team. They didn't look like they were prepared. So I wanted to see, because everybody knows, if you know enough about football, you know the most progression occurs between week one and week two. And so I wanted to see what North Carolina did, because North Carolina started out so slow, so flat last weekend in game one. So I wanted to see what they looked like in game two. Yes, it probably would have been, I hate to use the word, inferior competition, because I don't want to talk badly about UNC Charlotte. But UNC, we thought, was a team that, hey, these guys might can slip up and clip Clemson this year. You know, and they just you – know, they didn't look like that. So I was disappointed we didn't get to see him. I agree on Sam. Sam did have uh, one bad play where he got hit from behind and coughed at the ball. Fortunately, the ball got out of bounds and didn't, you know, give it back to the other team. He made some great downfield throws on some third and 14s and a third and 19. And, and I thought did what he could to keep the team in. Um, they just, you know, on defense, they just gave up some chunks. And, uh, you know, it just that's what killed them. They found – Wake Forest found a good running back. A running back that, that wasn't, you know, a guy that – I guess they didn't think they were going to, you know, call on that much. You know, he had some big, powerful runs. He seems like a big guy. But, you know, it, it was on the – to me, it was on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, they just couldn't stop North Carolina State. They just would just get the ball – go left, go right, throw it when they had to, make some runs when they had to. And we just it just seemed like they wore Wake Forest down. Wake Forest got in there with 38, 35, and they had the chance to, you know, put the ball, put the game away, tie the game, you know, get ahead, and they just couldn't do it. They would just cross midfield and have a problem. The clock started to wear out. I felt like they should probably go for it. They punted. Then when they had to go for it, everybody knew they were going for it. And so there was no real big shock in the stadium and, and things like that. It was, uh, you know, I just, like I said, they fought, they fought, but I just don't think they're there, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Syracuse uh, didn't play well, obviously, against uh, North Carolina. They didn't look all that great to me. 
Duke is a team that's really surprised me. Now, Notre Dame looks good, and I, and I know what the former Clemson coach said about Notre Dame and that they're Clemson with better helmets. I don't know if that was a joke or he's taking a, a shot at his <laughs> former team. I don't think so. But Notre Dame had just handed his butt to him. Notre Dame looks pretty good. They might be the team instead of North Carolina that pushes Clemson. But, um, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. But Duke is the one that has surprised me. I just think Coach Cutcliffe, especially with the quarterback that, that with Bryce, I thought, you know, hey, this guy can throw the ball. He's been in Clemson's system. He's you know, knows what he's doing. I thought he would come in there with Coach Cutcliffe and do what do well. But, he, you know, he's turned the ball over. They really, they really uh, just haven't had a, you know, something going on. I, I just can't get it. I don't know what's going on at Duke. But uh, they've fallen flat on their face twice. Boston College, I, I was just surprised. I picked Duke to win that game. And Boston College just kind of handed their butts to them. Um, the other teams around the, the SEC, you know, Louisville, uh, had a great game one. Um, they, uh, you know, had to play against the uh, Miami team. I was very shocked about Miami. You know, the quarterback came out. He's a he's a new guy to the system, and you know he's put up some good points. I would say they were the team that improved the most from week one to week two. Week one, they didn't score that much. They looked a little flat. They looked a little bit confused. This time, new offense coordinator Rhett Lashley had those guys rolling. And then, oh, by the way, freshman kicker uh, Morales hits a 57-yarder in that game. That was pretty exciting to watch. He was a guy that was the number one through the Cole system last year. So, you know, Miami, uh, I think they, they, I think the game is in Miami on Saturday night. It's 8 o'clock. I'm sure that's going to be the um, uh, game of the week just because it's the ABC game at 8 o'clock. And I really think they're going to roll Florida State. Florida State, for lack of better words, is just trash to me right now. The head coach is – Already had a hundred thousand problems, you know, with uh, with team issues and this, that, and issues, and now he may not be with the team on the uh, arguably, you know, biggest game of the season for them, rivalry wise. Somebody knows that Miami Florida State game goes back to the '90s with all the wide lefts and wide rights, and the winner goes to the national championship, and here he is, he can't even suit up and travel with his team. Uh, they're just in such disarray right now, and hopefully he'll get something cleaned up but as a gator fan i hope not too cleaned up but uh so so i'm i'm still i'm still high on unc um clemson was clemson you know we only really got to see clemson for a quarter and that was against the citadel but uh you know i I think they'll be tested a little later but man trevor lawrence is something special to watch for sure you know i hear you on trevor lawrence is special to watch and i get that and i don't want to piss off a lot of tiger fans early maybe i do i don't know but it's the Citadel, man. It's the Citadel. I, I just – we'll see. We'll see. Again, no knock to the deal. They went. They got a paycheck. Now we'll find out as the weeks get a little tougher. I, I, I think for me, as I said this, the year that they won the national title, that, that Notre Dame was kind of that moment for me, whether I realized if they're just, you know, able to kind of go through the ACC. There's not a lot of uh, – I just, I just, I don't know. I, I'm waiting to see if Miami's legit. We'll find out this weekend. It's evident Syracuse is not. Okay, you just got beat by Pitt. Pitt's ranked in the top 25. Come on, give me a break. Louisville, you're not very good either. I mean, it's just North Carolina, you showed me the week before that you got a lot of issues over there. Duke is not good. I mean, I get they've got that backup quarterback that transferred in from Clemson. They're not very good. To me, I want to maybe, just maybe, it has to do with that word that we don't mention on this radio show. Maybe it's also 
that they just haven't had the time to work. I don't know. But I think if you watch what happens this coming weekend in the state of South Carolina and you see what happens around the SEC with the other teams inside that SEC, how good does the SEC do this weekend? Do they look sluggish? Do they look unprepared? Do they look to where they're not that good? Those, to me, are going to be the biggest questions on really, quite frankly, where everything is. Again, we'll get more into that. I may even ask Kevin Bill to do his thoughts, see what he thinks about the weekend that was part two, weekend two, if you will, in college football. You know, did it live up to the hype or we just kind of uh, going through some motions here and uh, at one point it'll start clicking. But we have already, to me, seen the Big 12 look anything but big. You've already seen the ACC with a lot of question marks with teams that are they there? Are they not there? Are they good? Are they not good? A lot of things with a lot of questions. We'll only know in about eight weeks from now, maybe a little longer, on really where things stand. The big news out of the Big Ten since our last conversation, they are ready to rock and roll. Here comes Ohio State, saving grace of the Big Ten this year, who I really feel like are going to be a huge factor in the conversation. I have no idea what to expect out of Michigan. I have no idea what to expect out of Wisconsin. Time will tell. We got to take a break. When we come back, we hit the hotline. We hit the guest list with the one and only Kevin Billaduke. Of course, he is the man with a plan from Live 5 Sports, CBS Sports Zone, right here in the low country. He's been very busy, and I think he's going to come to us live from a football game of the zone. So that's going to be neat. He'll be reporting live in just a second, guys. Don't go away. We'll give him some intro music. We'll bring him right, right on this. Wolfpack is back over mass destruction. Guess who's here? The bad boys are wrestling. Just in competition when the war is in mission. Not no mercy. See the race like the street. If you don't know, you better find out the wolf pack. Here to a point number one to believe that you don't want to touch with them. I'll be here for them. Coming to bring with them, you're never walking out again. Don't your back on the wolf pack. And welcome back, everybody. Let's head over to that other member of the Wolf Pack here on Southern Sports Central. That is the one and only legendary Kevin Villadu from Live 5 Sports. What's up, Kev? Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I'm jacked up hearing that, that entrance music. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm walking around the steel all fired up right now. So let's go. <laughs> I can see you sitting there just dancing. And, and, and I should have, could have, would have, and I thought about bringing you in. Next week, I'm going to give you another entrance, and you'll like that one, too. I, I was going to share it with you, but I'll wait till next week when we bring you back. But first of all, man, how's the family? Hey, how was the weekend? This is your last free here. weekend, right? Uh, probably. I'm definitely working next weekend. I'm going to the Citadel uh, for their game against Eastern Kentucky. But, you know, suddenly my Saturdays are, are much more open than they normally are this time of year. So, you know, South Carolina, they're only allowing – uh, Columbia TV stations at the games this year, so we, we're not going to any of those. And and Clemson's on, only allowing certain media members for their games, and they're not allowing any local television stations to go and shoot the games like we normally do. So we're really not going to Clemson either. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have some Saturdays at home this this fall, which I uh, you know the last two I've been bouncing off the wall. So we'll, we'll see how it goes as we get later in the fall. Well, I tell you what, I will do. I'll open the door. We started 
sponsoring and airing and partnering with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. And we travel to Somerville when they have that game of the week. They travel to Ashley Ridge, Fort Rochester, Cane Bay. And I know you live on that side of the world where the studio is as well. So maybe we can get you a hall pass and you and I can do some play-by-play uh, for about, it only takes about an hour and a half, man. But at least I can get you some, some fun time on a Saturday afternoon covering some of these cats that are 8, 10, and 12. You just depends which game they give me. Well, you're going to have to clear that with my agent, and uh, that's my wife. And she, <laughs> she, is, she is very keen on having me home these Saturdays. So you're going to have to clear that through her. No doubt, man. So let's talk about uh, clearing a few things up, and we'll start with last Friday night. It was, if I'm not mistaken, the final tune-up for a lot of teams. A lot of scrimmages took place. James Island, they did their thing. You had, uh, of course, I believe, I want to say it was uh, Stahl that was in the, over there with uh, those guys. And then up at Berkeley, you had a multiple amount of teams getting better throughout their tries. Uh, what was kind of uh, your take when you woke up Saturday morning uh, that you kind of learned maybe, or did we, did we learn anything coming out of these final scrimmages and, and who kind of caught your eye coming into week one? Yeah, well, we were up in Berkeley on Friday night for their Monk's Corner Jamboree. It was really the only Jamboree going on in the low country this season. Uh, so Berkeley was in action on that one. Maybe one of the best sound bites I've heard in years was from Randy Robinson, the Berkeley head coach. They, you know, they played a scoreless half against Andrews and, and Randy was not happy about it afterwards. And, uh, you know, our Justin Beagle talked to him right afterwards, and he just said, you know, if we play like that again in our opener against Goose Creek this coming Friday, he's like, we're going to get killed. And, and he did not mince words about how that game went. So, so he wasn't too happy with how things went against Andrews. Uh, you know, Goose Creek was in action. I believe they played through a tie against Colleton County. Uh, Stratford got a victory in their half over Timberland. And uh, I think it was – uh, Philip Simmons lost their game, I believe, against Kane Bay. So, you know, good to see these guys back in action, you know, getting a little warm-up. Uh, obviously, one of the big matchups we've got this first week is Goose Creek and Kane Bay. And if you're going just on what we saw in that scrimmage, then, you know, Goose Creek looks ready to go. And Berkeley might need some work. Um, you know, and I, I didn't see the games personally, so I don't know if the coaches were holding back anything or whatnot. But I'm, I'm guessing this late in the game, they weren't, you know, they were – they were getting ready to go. So it'll be interesting to see how Berkeley responds in week one. Yeah, that's kind of our game of the week, too. Uh, we're going to have a couple of guys over there. I'll be at the Fort Dorchester Ashley Ridge game covering that one on the TV screen. And then Eugene's going to have uh, an assignment where he'll be hanging out, I think, Bishop England and Oceanside. And, again, we'll have a few other guys in multiple places around the state. But that game, very intriguing. And here's my thought process on what happened on Friday night, Kevin was that neither team really wanted to show the other team. And I think there was a lot of – there was a little bit of chess matchups happening on and off that field. And uh, we'll, we'll find out Friday night because just like that game, there's other games around the state that if you don't win that game, it will set the tempo early for that region. And definitely in that region alone, that's going to set a huge mark because I did get some confirmation – today from others saying that they're only taking the number one and number two in each region. So every game right. is really, honestly, Kevin, a playoff game, right? Yeah, and, you know, that's, that's something we've touched on before, but I think it bears mentioning again, you know, these early season games starting off with region play, this is unlike anything we've seen in a long time down here. You know, usually we'll, we'll see teams playing, you know, uh, other, other teams from their class and from different regions to kind of warm up or maybe even a lower class just to kind of, you know, get the season going, but 
you, you're right. You're basically starting in playoff games. And Berkeley against Goose Creek, that's a huge game. You know, also a game like Somerville and Stratford, that's going to be our live five game of the week. You know, one of the best rivalries we have in the low country. And to, to start the season off with that, you know, you're already so jacked up to get that game. But then if something goes wrong, you know, you are extremely behind the eight ball. If you start off 0-1 in the region and, you know, you get, you've suddenly got pretty much no margin for error the rest of the way. We're live right now with the man with the plan from Live 5 Sports. That is Kevin Billadu checking in with us right here on Southern Sports Central for our Monday night edition of high school football here in the low country. They will be over at that Somerville hosting Stratford. is a very long tenure of a robbery there. Coach Denny seems like he's turned some things around there. Watched uh, some highlights of his first two scrimmages, and they were the same team, which is a, a little different for me. But, hey, it is what it is. They got – and I'm trying to get some work in. What, what do you like about what you've seen so far early about Coach Springs and, or Coach Denny over there, excuse me, and then, of course, what you see over there after Conway uh, saw the likes of Somerville come in over there and, and beat them 14 to nothing with a, an early rained-out event. But still, you, you look at a new coach at Somerville, seems like he's got a little bit of momentum heading into week one. Yeah, and, you know, he's got a good young quarterback in, in Colby Sherry. I'm sure you know all about him, but – He's a kid who put up some good numbers in his first year as a starter last year. I, I really expect him to, to, you know, kind of take that next step this year in his development and, and really improve this season and really kind of put that team on his back. Uh, Stratford, on the other hand, you know, they've got that really good young running back, Jaden Alston. He put up some good numbers last year as a freshman. And, you know, just as a sophomore right now, I expect him to, again, kind of take that next step. And he's going to put up even better numbers. I expect he's going to get more carries this year and, and really – uh, I, I would kind of think Denny McDaniel would put the, the bulk of the offense through his hands at this point. Well, you're going to see it go to his hands, but to the hands of Mr. Anderson, the senior big man on campus and one of the big guys coming back around the low country, one of the best wide receivers coming back uh, who will be part of that big-time senior class out of the low country. We'll be watching, you know, a lot of balls going his direction. What that means is two things. That opens up another guy because you're pretty sure I'm pretty sure they're going to double up Anderson which will open up somebody could be down low could be out and about now other than that game what other games uh, are you looking at coming up Friday night now that you guys have had a chance to kind of maybe look at some things over the weekend and say okay we know this game is coming up there's going to be a lot on the line when these two teams get done on Friday night well I mean like we said it, it's you know every game is so important but I'm I'm really I'm curious to see how the fort plays in their opener. I know you're going to be there. Uh, you know, they've got their quarterback, their, their sophomore Zoltan Osborne. He's, he's another guy that I, I'm curious to see how his development is coming. You know, Steve LaPrad told me a couple of weeks ago, he's been impressed with how he's done so far in, in the early parts of practice. But, you know, that's another thing we got to watch out for. You know, these guys have only been practicing for, for two and a half weeks. And normally, you know, when a season starts, they have, you know, about three weeks of practice and then a week for, for a jamboree or some scrimmages, and then they get the season going. But they're, you know, everything is so accelerated right now because of, of everything getting pushed back. So, you know, we've got to wait to see how these kids are developing, how these kids are, are you know, handling the playbook. And for the young kids especially, how they're getting used to that, that promotion to a varsity club level. And also, you know, we're kind of seeing it at all levels too, but, you know, how are these kids going to combat injury? And, you know, how healthy are these guys going to be after – you know, sitting sitting on their couches in their living rooms for six months, you know, three weeks of practice, that's not, not a ton of time to get ready. And are they going to be healthy enough to, 
to put in for an eight, nine week season. So that's, you know, even the most talented teams are going to have to deal with this. And, you know, the injury bug always strikes someone. It's just a matter of who it's going to be and, and how many times it's going to get them. Watch a lot of injury bug yesterday through the likes of the NFL, Kevin. And one thing that I think that we can all agree on here and on Channel 5 is that, boy, it feels a little bit like playoff weather here because it's cool and brisk today and it looks to be carrying all the way through uh, Friday night. You can ask your guy up there, one of the best in the business, of course, at telling the weather report up there at uh, Channel 5. But that is usually in week zero or week one. I don't like to say zero, but week one, it's always the – humidity it's always the cramps well right even some coaches talking to today said man usually we kind of we see that and, and it helps us sometimes it hurts us but it i don't think it's going to play a factor at all come friday night i think it's going to be more of the conditioning that's going to be the story like you mentioned yeah and you know normally the first week or two of the season you know we see games getting pushed back because we we have the the rules in the state that you can't play once the temperature get, is, is at a certain point you got to wait for it to dip below whatever, I believe it's, it's 91 degrees. If it's, if it's above that, then the kids can't play during a game. So, you know, that's something we usually see where a game will get pushed back until the sun starts to go down. And luckily it doesn't seem like that's going to be a problem anytime soon, because like I said, it, it feels like fall is here and uh, you know, that's football weather and we're ready to go. No doubt about it. Live five news, very on the sportsman with the plan. That is Kevin Villadu talking about high school Friday night lights coming up course he'll be covering it all recapping it all on friday night after the lights are cut off tv stations over there in west Ashley will be cut on and your tv of course will be filled full of him and his crew as they'll recap all the action uh for the first annual i guess the first one you guys are kind of gearing it up right i mean how is it going to go this year with everything going on <laughs> it's tough to tell at this point we're, we're kind of just flying by the seat of our pants right now you know we're we're still trying to, to line up photographers and you know, see how many games we can get to. And, you know, a, an interesting thing that, that I don't think we – I don't think we had a chance to talk about this last week, but uh, I know a couple of games around the state uh, here in the low country. We've got one on Thursday night. Uh, Charleston Math and Science is going over to Baffles Hill. And uh, that game got moved over to Thursday by the high school league here uh, because of a lack of officials that they're telling me. Uh, you know, I talked to Mark Klatt, the head coach over for the Riptide, and, and I asked him why they moved the game, and he said – you know, that's something that we're dealing with around the state right now. The, the high school league told me they're down about 12% uh, for the number of officials they have this year. And so he said that's something they might see throughout the season is games getting moved to Thursday so that, you know, they have enough officials to, to call all these games. So that's something, that's something else to keep an eye on this year. Live five news, man with the plan, Kevin Villadu checking in here with us on Southern Sports Central. Man, before we get you out of here, I want to ask you a couple things on college, on the college front. Clemson wins big. We kind of saw it. Coastal wins big. We kind of expected that. But overall, what was your thoughts of the ACC coming out of, of course, week two? And uh, we kind of saw the disappointment out of the Big 12. Your thoughts on where college football is right now and as far as uh, just overall coming out of another week of uh, action out of the uh, college front? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious this is Clemson's uh, conference to take, the ACC, and, you know, something's going to have to happen uh, from their side. You know, I think it's going to have to be an injury or several injuries if anyone's going to beat them because the way they're playing right now, I know they haven't had the best competition yet, but they look very, very good. Uh you know, the SEC, I'm curious to see how that works out. Big 12, you know, they are such a top-heavy league. And if, if there is any, any slip-up from, from one of those top teams, like in Oklahoma, 
then we really could be looking at, and, you know, the same with the Big Ten. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see how the, the playoff committee kind of treats the Big Ten for starting so late and, and how that all works out. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that we see three SEC teams in this playoff to go along with Clemson. You know, I, I think that's, that's something that it very well could work out that way if, if you see any trip up from, from the Big 12 and the Big Ten early on. So, really, you know, it, it's just a matter of how much can the SEC – kind of avoid you know eating their own as it were to early on in this season to, to to see how many they can get in that playoff yeah I agree with you I think this weekend for me and I think you heard it before we went to break is I'm waiting to see whether the SEC is going to follow suit on what we've seen in the big 12 week one the ACC kind of falling to the side in certain games that I thought that maybe this team was good, like a Louisville, very disappointing performance by them. Georgia Tech beats Florida State, but then they drop a big one. So there's just so many questions. And then it looks, as of right now, it is Notre Dame and Clemson kind of being the two big dogs in the front of this pack. So it'll be fun when these two teams actually match up. But for me, it's the SEC. Do they come out and look flawless? Do they look like the SEC has looked in the past? And if that happens, man, I don't know how you don't sit there and, and reward the SEC from, A, the schedule. The strength of schedule is the toughest in the country, and that goes from the top to the bottom. And then on the other side of it, just them being the powerhouse that they are, Kev. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's certainly a situation where we could see, you know, an Alabama, a Georgia, maybe LSU, if they, you know, keep doing what they were doing last year. A Florida could, could do it, Auburn even. So that's, that's five teams right there. And if, you know, if two of them get to the title game undefeated and then, you know, you have another one, like say a Florida only loses to Georgia and that's their only loss. And right there, that's three teams that would certainly, I would think, be involved in, in talks to get to the playoff along with, with a undefeated Clemson. We're live right now wrapping up the interview with the man over, of course, at a football field near you. That's Kevin Billadu, Live 5 Sports. CBS checking in here on a Southern Sports Central Monday afternoon. Now, I got to ask you because uh, Mr. Harswell, I saw, threw a little jab at you real quick, and he was asking you about your uh, your Patriots. Man, what was your yep, thoughts yep. on uh, – fun to see Cam Newton, first of all. Uh, and, and to me, watching him run over to Greg Olson, giving him that big hug that he was able to give him, man, that's what it's all about, that, that athletes do. You know, that's the real athlete in them that you got a chance to see. But – Kind of give me your thoughts in week two in the NFL, and I'm going to let Eugene ask you a quick before you go because I know you got a little guy there playing some football. But uh, your thoughts in week two uh, with the NFL now under the books, and, of course, last night I don't think it went the way you wanted at the end, but just over and all from the sports point, what's your thoughts? Yeah, uh, you know, my, I'm sitting here with my son, and he's wearing his Cam Newton shirt right now, and I really don't see any scenario where they don't go to a Super Bowl at this point. They're – the way they played last night was, was phenomenal. I'll take, I'll take a, a loss in Seattle at the one-yard line. You know, tough call at the end, but I'll, I'll take that every time. So, Cam is obviously back to where he used to be, and, and this is, it's a dangerous Patriots team, I'll say that. Eugene, I know you wanted to ask him a quick thing real quick, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Uh, so, this Eugene, Kevin, I want to get your uh, – just give me the winners. <laughs> Give me the winners for Friday night. We're gonna put we're gonna put you on the record. Oh no. Uh oh jeez. Which which games are we talking? Hey, you give me the games for the Low Country, uh 
you, you give me your winners. You don't have to pick them all, so we don't have to go through every game. Like you know, you can start with the Somerville Stratford and uh, just give me your winners for for the games that you know of. Uh, if you're willing to put it on the line and say, hey, I, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm uh, going with this team in this game. No, I'm not willing to go on the line for any of them. <laughs> I, I do not, I do not want my, I do not want these kids yelling my name when they when they pull off an upset win that they showed me. So. I, I'm calling for for good matchups and, and a lot of ties. That's that's all I'll put my name on. <laughs> Fair enough, man. All right, well enjoy uh, enjoy the game and uh, we'll talk to you uh, here soon. All right, guys, sounds good. Kevin, enjoy it, buddy. We'll talk next week, man. Stay safe. God bless you guys. All right, bud. We'll talk to you later. Always a good time, Kevin Billadieu checking in with us from Live Five. Sports. Of course, he's part of that CBS sports crew doing what they do on a Friday night. They'll be doing it, of course, at Somerville. Game of the week for Live 5 News is right up in the Ville over at McKissick Stadium over there. They'll, of course, uh, be opening up with a rival Stratford, the Knights, and they will be bringing in a lot of talent, a lot of opportunity, and a lot of poise, but it is going to be a very good quarterback duo because I can tell you Kobe Shirey will be ready he's worked hard during this summer he's had a lot of opportunities to work one-on-one with his receivers he's put in the time and now we'll see what it looks like come Friday night when the lights cut on for the first time and again that game will be the game of the week for live five News or Live 5 Sports and CBS. Now, I'll be over at Fort Dorchester and Ashley Ridge. That one, another big one. He mentioned the likes of that quarterback, and I got to tell you, Zoltan Osborne, very impressive. He's a sophomore. He comes in with a lot of poise. He comes in with a very good ball across the field. He's got a great running back core behind him. He's got some studs on the wide receiver line. He's got a big offensive line in many ways. And on the defense, well, you know what they did last year. Ashley Ridge, they're coming in with a new quarterback who came in. We'll see what he can do. He looked good during some of the times I saw him practice or train throughout the summer. I had a chance to spend some time with him. Very impressive. Great attitude. Seems to be a good leader. It's going to be the man in front of him snapping the ball to him, Hampton Smith, the senior, who's going to have a chance to really – take this team and on his shoulders he's a big dude he's 6'4 and close to 300 pounds but that offensive line is going to probably have to be the foundation of how good this team is going to be we'll wait and we'll see going forward defensively Ashley Ridge comes in with one of the leading tacklers in the low country at linebacker position we'll see what the offensive scheme of Brent LePrad the new OC over at the fort what he'll do with that Again, I'm not going to give any secrets. I'm not going to give a whole lot into these two teams because, quite frankly, tune in on TV and watch the action yourself where myself, Eddie Tilly, and that of Mr. Robinson will be on the sideline. We'll be bringing you all the action. Should be a good time. Eugene, I know you're going to be over at a game with Bishop England in Oceanside, and that's a big one in multiple ways. Oceanside moving up from 2A to 3A. You've got Bishop England, who has had a lot of great success. They cannot afford a loss to Oceanside. 
Oceanside can't afford a loss to Bishop England. Don't forget, they got a new coach in Hanahan. And by any way and shape and form, one loss is a big loss when we have this new playoff system, Eugene. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's a new coach at Oceanside as well. Uh, coach Cole has stepped in. You know, it, it, and it was a home game for Oceanside that had to be moved around because the Citadel had some schedule changes. So that game has been moved to at Bishop England. Uh, coach Cole not only comes in with uh, – uh, with his system and uh, new staff, there's some staff that stay, but uh, there's a lot of new staff. But he has to replace something like 96, I think, percent of his of, of the offensive production from last year. You know, uh, a lot of those guys have moved on. The front four on D line, for the most part, is uh, completely gone and, and rebuilt. Um, you know, there's a lot of turnover at linebackers. Uh, the secondary is brand new compared to last year. And so uh, receiving cores, brand new compared to last year, and, and you know quarterback, running back. So there's a lot of lot of new pieces and not a lot of new faces. But one of the things that he is uh, proud to have and very fortunate to have is he probably has one of the biggest offensive linemen uh, or offensive line starting five, six in the state of South Carolina. So you know that's that's always a good core to have. You have those big guys up front. Uh, I've seen in practice the the four guys that stand on the other side. Uh, they also win some of those battles. So, you know, the D-line does look really well prepared. Uh, new defensive coordinator, Coach Willie Offer, which you know and a lot of people know, played at the University of South Carolina, played for the Vikings, come in and uh, brings in a new system. He was a state runner-up as a head coach in the state of Florida. Um, and so, like I said, it, that, that, there's so many new things at Oceanside. Uh, those that watched Oceanside last year score – 50 and 60 and 70 points a game and go undefeated for 14 games. You know, it's going to be a little different this year. Like you said, moving up to 3A ball. Then uh, just around the corner, uh, you know, they have Hanahan who has Art Craig. Uh, Hanahan had some great success for the years, stepped back for a few years. So what they do, they went out and get, got one of the winningest coaches in South Carolina to come, uh, you know, run the show. So he's going to bring his mental, his mental toughness and physical toughness uh, nature with him. You know, Art Craig is a great guy. He's a hard worker. He'll have those boys in shape and uh, running that system in no time. Can they do it in year one? We'll see. But he certainly hasn't been shy to competition taking on 5A schools and scrimmages. I know they scrimmaged Stratford twice. Um, Battery Creek is a team that's uh, now practicing from down there in the Buford area. They always seem to have a bunch of talent. North Charleston is in the same region as with those guys. They moved up from the 2A region with Oceanside. Those guys, as you know, we had the head coach on the show. They were practicing after dark, and that man was still hitting and hitting. And, you know, we would get hear the whistles blowing, and he just said, you know, hey, now now y'all got need to go run and stretch even after practice. So they're going to bring some toughness and, and that, you know, lunch pail mentality from North Charleston, academic magnets in the region. Now, I know a lot of people probably don't pick them to win a lot of games, but, you know, it's still an opponent you got to prepare for. Uh, and anything can happen. The ball can bounce anyway on any Friday night. We know that for sure. Uh, it happens at every level of the game. So, uh, you know, definitely, you know, Oceanside has a huge fan base already, uh, some talent on the roster, but it sure is a lot of new things. And for any coach to step in brand new and have to replace, I think it was, like I said, 96% of the offense, that's going to be a tough challenge for anybody, uh, no matter how good of a coach you are. But I think with the staff and some of the kids that come up, those kids have played in meaningful snaps and varsity level. So it'll be interesting to watch because, 
you know, uh, Coach Kenny over there at uh, Bishop England, like you said, they've had tons of success uh, on the field, um, and they're kind of, you know, uh, you know, been in 3A ball. They're used to playing in 3A ball. So I don't think it's going to be easy for Oceanside to go in and take that win. And I know he's going to be prepared and have those guys, you know, thinking that somebody's not going to come in their house first game of the season, region game, and just easily come in and handle them. So I really think Coach Kenny's yeah. going to have those guys prepared. I know the running back's already – put out some stuff on social media that he plans to run the ball at will. So we'll see how it goes on Friday night. Yeah, Friday night, there's a lot of headlines that I'm curious to watch. Of course, that one, Berkeley, Goose Creek, that's one of the top conversations. I'm curious to see the the, the new coach up there, Timberland. How does he do it? Uh, coach, uh, you know, uh, has got a lot of great history. He's done some great things, but he's at a program that has historically really done well. That coach is at Hanahan. What are they going to do? Yes, they played a team twice. That was Stratford. But, you know, it's a scrimmage. A lot of people are playing guys that need to be played because with everything going on, and all it takes is a bad situation, and we're not going to use that word, to show up on campus or on a team or roster, and you got to use some of the dogs that you got on the roster. So they're playing a lot of those guys. A lot of those guys are getting some playing time that may not in a normal situation see some playing time. The other conversation, if you go to James Island, I cannot wait to see the real McCoy, Coach McCoy, coach up James Island. Is he going to get that team, the Trojans, up to an alliance of a conversation with the teams on the lower end of the low country that they'll be playing in that region and have a chance for them to play for a 4A state championship oh but they have to find their way through a team up in Myrtle Beach called Myrtle Beach High School J.J. Jones Randall and a few others up there may have something to say about it but first things first the James Island Trojans have to find a way through what they do Wes Ashley they've got a new coach from Green Sea Floyd this guy's one state champion he is a very very high octane style coach that expects a lot early in all the time. I can't wait to see what he puts together. But then there's Stahl, and we all know that that coach, who was our 2019 Coach of the Year, can they redo with a touch of better on what they did last year? All of these questions, all of these answers will be taken at least a step in that direction come Friday night. We'll see. We'll see who has utilized that one-on-one time. We'll see, I think, a lot of these dudes that ended up going to some of these camps, the Infinity Camp, the Carolina Experience Camp. I think these will be guys that will see their names across some headlines because I know that they continue to work to stay in shape. They didn't have to worry about getting in shape. So all of those things put in play, it will be a great Saturday morning as we go back and look at the newspapers We go back and look at the articles on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else, who did what and how they did it. It will all be recapped. Now, I do know on Wednesday, Shelton is going to be putting out something when it comes to, I would think, a prep for the Friday nights, as he always does. He's one of the best in the business, by the way. David Shelton does an incredible job over at the Post and Courier. He's very good at what he does. We've had other beat writers come in in certain areas, and they are the best in their area. We're very blessed to have those individuals come in and be a contributor to what we do. Can't wait for Friday night. It'll be here soon enough. 
Thursday night, it will be JV and BT. We just know that it is what a night it shall be. But young men, listen to me. Play every down, every second, every moment as if it is your last moment. Remember the spring and ball out in the fall. That's the best advice I can give you. Quick break. Come back. You know we're heading to Charlotte. You know it's that time to bring in the man, the myth, and he's a legend right here on Southern Sports Central. That's Reginald Walker. Right after this, guys, don't go anywhere. More Southern Sports Central just around the corner. And just like that, ladies and gentlemen, hour one is done. And in the books, we're live here on Southern Sports Central, the flagship show on the network, because you missed the show last night with uh, a man who has done an incredible job, as he calls himself the professor. You can catch him right here on a recap weekend on Sunday nights from 6 to 9. Clinton Robinson Sr. is in the lab from 6 to 9. He's part of that voice sports. And I got to tell you, three solid hours recapping all that fun stuff from the South Carolina Youth Football Association on Saturday, not just in the low country. They covered the whole state. They did a great job, and I got to tell you, it's a great show. But without further ado, coming in with that stone-cold touch of mind is the one and only Mr. Reginald Walker. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? Hey, I, I tell you, I, I, not only do I appreciate the, the, uh, the stone-cold theme music there, but Here's a question for you, because Stone Cold played at North Texas. So, who was better, him, the Rock at Miami, Roman Reigns at Georgia Tech, or Bill Goldberg at Georgia? How about that? Man, (laughs) that's an elite group in itself, because i got to be honest with you, I don't want to play against any one of them. But but I don't know how good Stone Cold was over in Texas. Give me a little history here real quick, if you don't mind, Reggie, because – you know, I knew what Dwayne Johnson did at Miami. I, I'm pretty sure I have a remembering of uh, the the what they what was his Razor Ramon, right? And then uh, of course Goldberg at Georgia. I mean, he uh, he definitely did some big things. But but how big was Stone Cold in his days? I would imagine a pretty solid athlete. Pretty solid athlete. Didn't quite make it to the point where Goldberg. I think he was with. Uh... I know he was – I think he got the training camp with the Falcons and maybe the Vikings, I heard, at one point as well. So, uh, those guys kind of sniffed the NFL. We know about The Rock, um, Dwayne Johnson, and what he's become too. So, just interesting to watch. That's just kind of cool that those guys were all college football players um, to, to think about. And, and there were plenty more uh, that are in that world now too. Right. You know what I do realize, and I was actually at a practice earlier today, and I was talking to the guy that's going to be doing – 
Um, the, the guy that's going to be doing the color for me on Friday nights on the TV is we're going to be tra- uh, following with Ford Dorchester on Friday nights. But he and I were having the conversation that everything just seemed better in the 90s, man. The music was better, right? Wrestling was better. I mean, it just seemed like if it was done, it was better. Even Saturday Night Live was better in the 90s than what we deal with today, man. Can we go back to the 90s? If we're going to go back to anything, I don't want to go back to yesterday. I would go all the way back to the mid-90s, late-90s, where everything just seemed to be all right. I think part of that was the emergence of technology, right? I mean, I think uh, you start to look at that time period, and let's look at football for an example, right? Uh, Back before then, uh, coaches were trading. They were literally uh, sending – uh, each other or exchanging, right? They had a coach that would exchange VHS tapes with the other team uh, earlier in the week. <laughs> and now uh, it's all uploaded basically automatically, and, and they don't have to talk to anybody. You can kind of go watch film on anybody at any given time now. So I think, you know, just using a football as the example, I think the emergence of technology and how much easier, right, in some ways it made a lot of things, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Now, let me ask you this. Let's fast forward to this past weekend. We'll jump right into the action over the weekend in the ACC. I just had Kevin Billadu in. He's with uh, CBS Sports down here in Charleston at Live 5 Sports. But, you know, I watched a, a, a very disappointing week one in the Big 12. I kind of feel very much disappointed in week two out of the ACC when you think they're getting better, I just maybe I expected more out of it. Maybe it's the COVID thing, and they're just still shaking off some cobwebs. But overall, I, I just didn't see anything that I didn't think I was going to see. Matter of fact, I was more disappointed by Louisville's performance, Georgia Tech's performance, and then I expected Clemson to win big. I expected Notre Dame to roll up a bunch of points. But kind of give me your thoughts. I mean, you're right there in the hub of uh, the ACC and Charlotte, man. What, what did you take out of uh, this past weekend out of conference that? you know, I thought was going to have a, a pretty stellar season with everything going on. Yeah, I, well, I, I tell you what, I, I think uh, I, I was surprised by Miami, I'll be honest. And, and we've heard, right, the Miami talk for years. And I still think Louisville is going to be a better football team by the end of the year uh, than we saw the other night. But I think, you know, we've heard the Miami is on its way back. Miami is on its way back for a long time. And they finally won a game against a legitimate, decent opponent within conference play uh, to give you a little bit of thought that maybe they are on the way. I'm not going to sit here and say they're back until I look up and see them win an ACC championship. That's just my opinion. Uh, but I think right now uh, that that particular game showed uh, that they have a little bit more than they have had. They're not. Uh, we're not going to see the at least the early season disastrous letdown uh, that we've seen over the past few years uh, while everyone has wanted to anoint them as being back. Uh, At least now it looks like it may take until mid-season or later in the year before the Miami that we have come to know and expect uh, falling short of expectation uh, starts to really come to fruition. I thought North Carolina, uh, North Carolina, you know, not being able to play, I think that really hurt them. I still think that's one of the better teams. Uh, in the ACC. Uh, Clemson, you're right. Uh, and, and the Citadel, uh, you know, props to the Citadel. Um, those guys, I, I wouldn't have been upset if they never got off the bus. I mean, they were depleted at, at, at multiple positions, uh, particularly on offense, and they were going into a Clemson 
environment and, and to play against a team that we knew was a buzzsaw. Uh, but what I thought was most significant in that game, and, and, and it's what I think is most important, when you're some of the best teams in the country, and you can look at this across multiple sports, right? You go back to the Coach K days uh, at Duke when they were really, really in their heyday. The basketball game is over at halftime against a lesser opponent. The same thing took place with Clemson. I was joking uh, on Twitter that Clemson would catch Notre Dame in the first quarter in terms of points, uh, and Notre Dame was nearly at halftime uh, because of the way uh, that they were dominating the football game as they should have. Uh, So I think what we saw was we saw a Clemson football team look like they were supposed to look. We saw a Notre Dame football team look like they were supposed to look, again, considering opponents here. Um, And then you saw a Miami team that I think uh, there was some question about how good they could be. I still think by the end of the year, Louisville is going to be a team that can play in the postseason, probably a seven or eight win team maybe, um, depending on how many games are played, right? Uh, so I think Miami being able to get that win there uh, tells us that Miami is, is maybe uh, trending upward and De'Ara King is a special, special player at quarterback. Hey, Coach, uh, this year, I mean, uh, uh, Reggie, this is Eugene. I'm surprised by the pick in your uh, wrestling uh, choices there that you didn't go with Lex Luger. Maybe there might be a little bit of bitterness since uh, – he left Penn State and went to University of Miami because uh, they tried to move him to linebacker, and I guess he didn't want to play linebacker. Played with the Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, I think the Cincinnati. Uh, Lawrence Fole was his full name. Big fella, Lex Booger. Yeah, I remember him. He was he was a player now. He, he could go get it, him and uh, Brian Tillman with the Cincinnati Bengals uh, later in his career as well. So uh, a bunch of those guys uh, found their way to NFL football. Well, just jumping ahead a little bit, so as you well aware, on Saturday, uh, Big Ten decided they're going to join the uh, rest of the, the, the leagues playing except for the Pac-12. Uh, what did you think about Penn State's schedule and the Big Ten schedule overall? I, I liked it. Um, you know, there were, some, there were some jokes out there that uh, Nebraska kind of got set up for not so much success, uh, obviously due to their uh, willingness to be – a little bit upset with the league when the initial uh, decision came to postpone the season. Uh, but I thought, I, I thought what the league did was two things. I thought they tried to set up uh, some marquee matchups early in the year uh, while also trying to uh, kind of save some teams from too much of a gauntlet to give as many teams an opportunity to play for a national championship, at least a conference championship, and then we'll see about uh, New Year's Six type of bowls as they possibly could. It made a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, I mean, are there games that kind of jump out? Penn State, Ohio State, that's um, uh, uh, Halloween weekend, uh, things like that. Uh, so things jumped out to me, but but nothing uh, out of the ordinary. I mean, I, the positive for me was seeing Penn State and Ohio State back in October uh, because, to me, that's where that game should be played. Uh, they generally play each other uh, in that kind of that middle ground of the season, October uh, time frame before – um, you know, Ohio State gets kind of a run of three or four games, and then they get to deal with, uh, you know, Michigan, their their normal rival at the end of the year. So I thought it was good to see Penn State and Ohio State kind of back in October, if you will, uh, closer to, to uh, not as close to the end of the season, if you will. So, uh, you know, looking at the schedule, I think, you know, you, 
You look at those teams in the conference, I think Iowa's always dangerous. Uh, we know the history that Wisconsin's always had. Uh, but I think, you know, I'm curious to see them play. Uh, Ohio State, couple guys looking to opt back in, including Wade, the corner, uh, Wyatt Davis, uh, the offensive, uh, the, the lineman that, that uh, had opted out initially. Those guys may end up back playing. Uh, so I think it's going to be interesting to watch that play out. And I think, look, Ohio State, from a talent standpoint, that's the best best probably team in, in the Big Ten. Now, I think you'd be hard-pressed to argue too many more teams that were right there with them. Uh, it'd be hard to argue anybody above them uh, in terms of the talent on the field. But it'll be curious. I'll be curious to see how it plays itself out because, as you guys know, uh, you still got to play the games on Saturday. Gotcha. So, uh, are you putting it down to, uh, for Ohio State to take the conference this year? Be that hopefully that representative uh, in, in the uh, playoffs. I, I think I really think if there's a team like Ohio State and they go undefeated, I really think even though they start late, uh, I, I think they would have to be put into the playoff. Um, so that's what I'm asking: is uh, do you think uh, they get in? And who do you think? I'm assuming it sounds like you're going with Ohio State out of the conference. Yeah, I mean, I think right now, and, and, and listen, I'll reserve the right to change my opinion after two weeks when I see a little bit of games played. Uh, but I will say this. Yeah, I think right now going into it, if if you don't have Ohio State as a favorite to win that league, um, then I'd be curious to hear a clear-cut argument for anybody else uh, flat out. Um, you know, I like Penn State, but it, we don't know if they're going to get Michael Parsons back, number one. Uh, number two, uh, the last few years, they've had some issues in terms of protecting, particularly uh, when they play against Ohio State. So they have to find a way to block that group up front right there. Uh, the quarterback position, whether it's Shea Patterson, we know Dylan McCaffrey's transferring at Michigan. Uh, I'm not going to listen to anything about Jim Harbaugh until he shows me that he can actually find a way uh, to win a big game in that conference uh, late in the year to get himself in position to play for a Big Ten championship. Now, we know what Wisconsin is, but they don't have – uh, I don't. I don't know that they're as talented as they as they even were last year, uh, obviously. And and then you know people can give me the Nebraska conversation right now, just because they they want to believe in what Scott Frost has done in the past. But until I see him do it at Nebraska, I'm not going to sit here and anoint Nebraska as a favorite in that league either. So you start going all the way down the pecking order. Michigan State's got a new coaching staff. Rutgers just flat out stinks, and they have for years. Uh, so you start going all the way down the list looking at some of the teams. Yeah, Kirk Ferentz and Iowa make you a little bit nervous, but uh, they've had some off-season turmoil as well, so you never know what that program is going to look like either. So uh, at the end of the day, I think the Big 12, you know, or I'm sorry, the Big 10, really outside of Ohio State and maybe probably Penn State, um, there's a lot of mystery in this league uh, in terms of exactly how good all these football teams can be. We're live right now with Reginald Walker, Jr. He comes in here every Monday night. 7 o'clock will be his new time as we will uh, get up to date and educated around the world of college football. He played his days right there at Penn State for that famous coach, Joe Pa. And so he knows a little something-something when it comes to the Big Ten football. And, I, and I'm with you there, Reggie, when you look at teams, and, and I'm guilty of it, man. For so long, I've been thinking it was North Carolina when Fedora was there. I'm thinking it's North Carolina now with Mac Brown there. I'm not buying what they're selling at this point. They still got some more work to do. And, and I think that's, that's kind of the conversation with Nebraska. I mean, yeah, I, I, I just don't see what they have other than a coach that's got a pretty good name there and the history that, that, that Nebraska's had in the past. But you can't win championships with your history if you don't make it happen during the present, right? I mean, that's kind of one of the things 
that I look at. So, you know, coming out of this, this, this whole debacle of things, do you really think that other than Ohio State, and, and you said Penn State, do you think that when we finally put this thing together, and it's only four teams that get in, and this is why, especially a year like this, I'd like to see it have eight teams, and I wish they would change it just for this season because of the scenarios that are out here. But do you think there's enough time for the Big Ten to make any ground or to do things, or do you think this is going to hurt them when it comes to voting other than, uh, I'd be honest with you, Ohio State? I think there's time because if somebody finds a way to beat Ohio State, they're going to, look, they're going to be viewed very differently. Um, so I think as long as Ohio State's running undefeated and looking like we think they do, anybody that finds a way to beat them, all of a sudden the conversation and the narrative changes. Um, and so, and, and let me make a, a real quick point on the point you just made about you can't win with history. I would tell any Nebraska fan uh, that wants to tell me that they're going to be legit good this year, I would ask them to go back to the beginning of the conversation that you and I are having right now and what I said about Miami in terms of getting their way back. If they are looking at Miami and saying they don't believe in Miami either, then why in the heck would anybody believe in what they're saying about Nebraska? It's the same scenario. Two programs that have been relatively pedestrian for about 15 to 20 years. So I don't want to hear anything else about it. I love it, man. I love it. Raw at its best here on a uh, Monday night. As This ain't wrestling. This is sports radio. This is Southern Sports Central. That is Reginald Walker Jr. Now let's talk SEC. They kick off their season this weekend, just like the state of South Carolina High School League. They'll do the same on Friday night, but it's Saturday. Oh, it's Saturday that we'll start seeing the SEC and a gauntlet schedule for not one, but all teams. Man, give me your breakdown of this weekend and and what happens if the SEC comes out and they look solid. I mean, everybody's clicking, everybody's clacking, they're doing what they need to do. You know, what is your thoughts on a Sunday morning if the SEC comes out and looks almost like that, that, that I would say Goliath um, style, I, I would guess conference is the word I'm looking for after we've seen the other two conferences show a lot of weaknesses and, and a lot of uh, suspects. Oh, I think you're looking in, in really three places uh, to find out, you know, how legit this league is going to be. Um, I think number one is the state of Alabama. Uh, you look at the, the Crimson Tide coming off of, uh, a year that, that wasn't what they wanted, right? Um, I thought the funniest thing uh, of the last few days was Nick Saban actually naming Mac Jones the starting quarterback. Uh, the kid was awesome last year uh, in, in, in the stead of Tua Tungvaluwa. So I don't even know why that was a conversation um, that, that the freshman would, would end up getting that job over Mac Jones. Uh, I thought that was just asinine and crazy that that was even a conversation piece. And then Auburn, obviously, you know, Gus Malzahn, every time you write him off, he has one of those great years. So I think you're looking at the state, right, of Alabama, the two programs in that state. I think you're looking at Athens, Georgia, um, and Kirby Smart and and what they look like and and, and everything they're trying to get accomplished, particularly at the quarterback position. But they're going to turn around and hand the football off. They're going to try to beat you at the line of scrimmage. That's who they are. If they come out looking dominant doing that, then you start going, okay, uh, the SEC is, is, is what we expect. And, and, and then, and I, and I mentioned kind of three states, but uh, the, the real key to that is, and then you look at the, the Tennessee-Florida game. Uh, I think Florida we expect to be pretty good. If Tennessee is competitive in that football game, then all of a sudden you start looking at the SEC and you go, uh-oh, here comes this league again. Because we kind of know Texas A&M is going to be solid. LSU still has athletes. They don't have as much experience. 
but they still have athletes. So you know they're going to be solid as well. So when you start to look around this league, you're looking at the state of Alabama, uh, which is probably going to be what decides the West. And, and then you're looking at uh, Kirby Smart in Georgia. Are they good enough uh, to kind of take the reins of the entire league? And then Florida, Tennessee, how improved is Tennessee to bring up the bottom half of this conference so it doesn't look bottom heavy? Uh, I think those are the key spots to look at. Um, and then some coaches that really, I think, need to kind of turn a corner this year. Uh, I think Jimbo Fisher uh, down at Texas A&M, he better start to do something real big down there. Uh, I think your guy down there in Columbia, Will Muschamp, is going to have to really show well this year. Or the folks down in Columbia, I think, may start to get a little restless. I know I would be. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be out of there. But I know the expectations of that program uh, are higher than, they, than, than the results have been the last couple of, couple of years. Uh, so you start looking at all of those things. I think that's where you where you dial into that league. Yeah, you know, you got Tennessee coming to South Carolina, and Tennessee, by the way, favored three and a half on a seven thirty. To me, and I look at all these games here, Reggie, Florida, Ole Miss. I, I feel like Florida's definitely going to have their day with Ole Miss. I think Auburn will have their day with Kentucky, even though Kentucky's ranked tw- top twenty three right now. Uh, you look at Mississippi State, LSU. The, the conversation is interesting because of the coach at Mississippi State. After that, it gets to be kind of abysmal, even though that's the CBS game of the week, which I don't understand it, but they know maybe more than I know. Georgia, Arkansas, Arkansas still, you know, that's still kind of smoldering uh, dumpster fire over there in Arkansas, but I think Georgia has a pretty big day. Alabama, Missouri, Alabama big. Vanderbilt, A&M, you just touched on it. I think if you don't win this year in A&M, in College Station, you're not going to win, okay? And, and that is to that coach over there because – he is locked and loaded, and this is the season and the reason and, and everything is put in order for those guys in the 12th man, whether there's a bunch of them in the stands or not. This should be a big year for Texas A&M. But then South Carolina, Tennessee, to me, you know, I feel like, Reggie, this is the game of the week for so many reasons. Is Tennessee back? Can South Carolina finally figure something out? I know the injury bug has bitten them for three years. I'm done hearing it. It's a new year. It's a new day. The game are at home. It's a night game. The fans will be in the stands, may not be as much. The storm may not be as loud. But for me, South Carolina has a quarterback coach, has a brand-new quarterback. How do you feel that bringing in Mike Bobo at South Carolina, him mentioning and now naming that his quarterback that he brought with him has taken over for not only Helensky but every other quarterback that's been training there for the last couple of years. What do you think that does for morale? And how would you have handled it had you been on this team and in this position? I wouldn't have hired Mike Bobo, but that's just me. And, and, and if anybody wants to know why, I give you the Georgia Bulldogs over the last few years as Exhibit A, as long as he was a part of that staff. Mike Bobo was an ab- abject disaster at times in terms of calling plays uh, when, when he needed to really step up and they had the athletes to do it. Uh, there should have been more championships won at Georgia, and oftentimes the problem was that offense under the tutelage of Mike Bobo. We're live right now with Reginald Walker, Jr. He does a lot of big things in the city of Charlotte for multiple outlooks there, and now he's doing things here on Monday nights at 7 o'clock right here on Southern Sports Central. Of course, as we tell you, he was one of those big-time players in the Big Ten playing for a big-time program in Penn State, and that, of course, Joe Pa. Man, well, let's give me something because I want to ask you some NFL stuff before I get you out of here, but 
what what's something that that as a player, Paul, give me a moment, a memory that you remember that's something special because again, I'm a big Joe Paterno and I understand all the other stuff that we've had to hear and deal with, and I'm not asking you to get into that. But I do want to hear a, a kind moment, a memory, something that you close your eyes and you think of your days playing for that legendary program and give me then a moment while you were at that school that just separates everything and every reason you went to that school. Here comes Nebraska. Man. Uh, there, there, well, hey, hey that, that was a good one. That night was good. Uh, we were able to give them a pretty good beating. Uh, but – but to be honest, I, th- I think it was it was during that same season later in the year, uh, just watching him, and it wasn't really directly with me. It was just watching him, you know, work with a guy like Larry Johnson, the running back, it, as he navigated, uh, you know, a Heisman Trophy run, a 2,000-yard rushing season, and all of the attention, all of the, uh, all of the backlash when he struggled in a couple of games, just really helping him navigate all of the media attention and all the outside noise, uh, just watching Coach P, um, you know, or as we used to call him at times, the big man, even though he wasn't that big, uh, watching him navigate that and, and, and talk guys through those types of things uh, was just, I thought, was really special. And then in, in direct relation to me, uh, you know, he brought me into his office at one point, and I had kind of not been handling things perfectly at the time. I'll put it that way. And he said, listen, at the end of the day, I got one job, and that's to make sure you leave here a better man than you showed up. If that means you don't play another down of football, then so be it. But at the end of the day, you have to leave here a better person. And that told me right there that was another message that, look, that's the same thing that he wanted my parents to understand that he was about, and he was dead serious on making that a realistic thing. Love these type of stories. As, uh, we hear so much from this man on the other end. He's up in Charlotte, but he did play his college days at Penn State right there. And a uh, very famous coach on his sideline was Joe Pa. And, again, while he mentions so much, and he brings so much knowledge, but the memories and the things that he's gone through during his days as a power five, big-time football player at Penn State. Of course, uh, Reginald Walker Jr. always here with us on a Monday night. Uh, you know, those are the moments. And, and I think back in my days in college of playing, and I think about even all the way through high school and even some of the Little League conversations, man, that, that actually helped me through some of my days at 42 years old. I can hear some of those same coaches telling me what they told me, and that's kind of what pushed me through. And I'm going to let that segue into what I saw yesterday in a guy named Cam Newton. Now, I get some people like Cam, some people don't. I'm a fan. I like Cam Newton. You know what? I watch him. I see what he does, the love he has for the game, the love he has for kids all that he gives back off the field and what he can do on the field. Of course, him being healthy is always going to be the most important thing for him and his future. But when I watched him last night, Reggie, run onto the field, and you and I have been here before. You know, I remember playing in college and looked across the way at a rival school, and there was a guy that I went to high school with, and I ran to him. He ran to me. It was almost like, you know, man, I ain't seen you in 30 years. But watching what he did last night coming out, of the locker room, and he saw Greg Olson on the other side. Man, to me, that's what an athlete's all about. That, to me, is so much bigger than any win or loss on a football field or baseball field or any other field. Those relationships that you and I and, and all of our fellow athletes have built along the way, man, that, that tells the real story of why we do what we do. Absolutely. I mean, these are guys that you watched, you know, 
give the same energy, effort, blood, sweat, and tears that you did over the course of years. And, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, living here in Charlotte and, you know, Panthers fans are, are upset with the organization, obviously, for letting him go. And, and the thing I've tried to remind people is, listen, I'm not going to sit here um, and say that it hasn't – and say that it's worked out perfectly uh, for the Carolina Panthers, but I will admit this. It is very difficult as an owner of a National Football League team to sit there and say to a quarterback that's essentially – Right, Cam Newton missed something like, let's see, he played eight games the one year, and then he missed 14. I mean, you're talking about a guy that missed over 20 games in two years, and he was looking for a new contract. I think it's hard, if I'm an owner, it's hard for me to give a guy an extension when he hasn't been healthy and then be potentially on the hook for a bunch of dead money. So I think... What ended up happening, Cam wanting a new contract, the organization not wanting to give him one and and wanting him to come off the injury and show something, I think that's just the bottom line kind of stalemate situations that happen. And the reality of the situation to me is at this point, it probably was just time for both sides to kind of move on anyway. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that that exactly my thought process on on not only him but the head coach as well. I think they had gotten to – Sometimes you say things, you may not mean things, but you can't take back what you say. And there was a lot of things that were said. And when a lot of people were in their feelings, and it just is what it is. And I think both parties are going to, in the long run, end up being in a better place. Had they had held on trying to build a very toxic relationship that had gotten a little out of control. Now, that being said, yesterday, the Dallas Cowboys went in fashion which they looked like they won the Super Bowl. I don't know if you're a Cowboy fan. I probably should ask you that. I don't think you are, but if you are, God bless you, or how they say, bless your heart. But watching them celebrate as if they won the Super Bowl was an entertaining factor for me, Reggie. But yet, was it that they won that game or that the Falcons totally looked like the team in the Super Bowl a few years ago and it was as bad as we thought it was? And then kind of elaborate a little bit more on your thoughts and another week of the NFL now in the books as uh, we head to uh, a new week with a lot of new football coming up with uh, week three. Well, as you know, I often like to talk about my own personal experiences in these situations. And uh, yesterday I was spending time with my dad. He, he, it was his birthday. Uh, so, so senior uh, turned 60 yesterday. So I was hanging out with him, and he is a Cowboys fan. And when it was 29 to 10, he made the joke, I think we might have him right where we want him. And I looked at him, and we both <laughs> kind of started laughing, and I said, that's wrong. <clears throat> but at the same time, it's 100% right. And uh, as that game got down to the end, uh, first of all, I thought the play by Gallup down the sideline, that was a huge call by the officials because and my, and my dad and I were sitting there looking at the replays, and there was a lot of back and forth because I said, I, I said, Dad, this, they're gonna, this is not going to be complete. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, they just said it was incomplete on TV. And then they got together and changed it. The officials changed it on the field. And then it went to a review, at which point I said, well, if they already changed it to complete, there's not enough to overturn this. This call is going to stand. It's not going to be confirmed, but it's going to stand because there's no way they can tell if his backside or if his elbow hit the ground first, elbow would have been out of bounds. I said, this will stand. And then you go to the onside kick situation. And and listen, there is no – to me, and, and I've heard it said by analysts since, but I said on the spot to my dad, I said, 
the lack of awareness by those players on that special teams unit for the Atlanta Falcons to know that they can touch the ball before it goes to 10 yards, that is the kind of stuff that gets a coach fired. Dan Quinn was also 1-7 in seven at one point last year before they kind of turned it around late in the year. Now they're 0-2 again. If this football team ends up 1-5 or 1-6 or 2-5, or, or Dan Quinn will not make it to the end of the football season. He may get fired during a pandemic because that's unacceptable, the lack of awareness in the National Football League by a special teams unit late in a football game. Yeah, I agree with you 100% as we're wrapping it up with Reginald Walker Jr. here, of course, uh, watching the game yesterday. By the way, senior, we said happy birthday. What a great win for him and his Cowboys yesterday. My son, actually both my boys are Cowboys fans. Uh, so being a Packers fan, uh, I sit back and, and, and I'm able to smile because we win another uh, another game in the, uh, of course, same division as we took out the Lions, which were anything but uh, impressive yesterday. But, hey, look, we, we played the game on the schedule. We were able to win big and uh, came out, I think, looking pretty healthy. Now, that being said, let me ask you, a lot of key injuries yesterday. A lot of things happened yesterday. But recap, uh, I guess, quickly your thoughts in week two in the NFL as we head now to another week next week or, I guess, here coming up on Thursday. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, You know, there's so many little pieces, but I think right now is the injuries. You know, these teams have – uh, the National Football League, they, they've got uh, deeper rosters, right, more players, practice squad and the like. Because of the pandemic, the lack of a preseason, you're going to start to see over the next couple of weeks what quality uh, of depth that these teams have or have built on their rosters because so many of them have had major injury, injuries uh, or guys that are at least going to be out for multiple weeks. You look at uh, Cortland Sutton in Denver. You look at uh, Christian McCaffrey with the Carolina Panthers. All over the league, there's some guys with some major injuries, ACL, Saquon Barkley with the Giants, just a lot of major injuries. And, and, and we're going to find out uh, how much better these teams are in terms of uh, past the first 30-plus guys, if you will, on the roster. What's on the back end of these rosters and how good are these players and how good are these coaches at getting them ready to play? Man, I tell you what, we couldn't have asked for a better guy to break it down a better way. Of course, right here on Monday nights at 7 o'clock, you will always hear Reginald Walker Jr. as he comes to us all the way from Charlotte. My man, thank you so much for all that you do, man. I got to get you down here and uh, watching a few high school games if you can find a way to break away on a Friday, man. I got you a nice spot up in a press box, and uh, I definitely say you'll, uh, you'll enjoy watching the talent on the field, my man. Sounds good to me. We'll make that happen, guys. You guys take care. Stay safe down there. And uh, let's enjoy some football, huh? No doubt about it, buddy. Stay safe yourself. And uh, I'll let you sign off as always. Everybody take care. College football is back. We're going to get most of the co- the Power Five back. And, oh, by the way, the MAC looking for a date to come back, UMass and Independent looking to get some games as well. We may see much more of a season than we actually thought. But, again, I'm locked into my Nittany Lions. Everybody take care. We are. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The man, the myth, and the legend, all the way from Charlotte, North Carolina. We got him right here on a beautiful Monday night. Boy, it feels like football weather down here in the low country. We got to take a break because the bus has left Charlotte. It's heading over to Dillon, South Carolina. Of course, that is where we will run into this young man who's getting ready to jump in here with us. We'll talk to him right out of break, and that is 
Mr. Trayvon Johnson. He is a class of 22, big-time linebacker. Guys, don't go anywhere. Some more of that Southern Sports Central next. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Alban, alongside Eugene Vent. want to thank the man all the way up in the uh, city of Charlotte, North Carolina, where they're not playing any high school football, but there's a lot of football conversation that we always enjoy on a Monday night with Reginald Walker Jr. Now they are playing football in the state of South Carolina. Coach Hayes always, and I mean always, brings an A game on a Friday night when the lights are on and nobody's home because the city of Dillon is doing what they do best, and that is loving on those five-star dudes all across that roster. And we'll start with this one. Class of 22, Dillon's own linebacker core, Mr. Trayvon Johnson. What's up, Trayvon? Oh, what's up, man? So, you guys, of course, uh, first of all, thanks for coming in here tonight and hanging out with me, man. Uh, You know, I've had some of your guys on before, but to get you in here, and continuing to build that relationship with the team that I'm very familiar with. And Dylan, of course, uh, there's a lot of dudes that have ran some of that rock and uh, have stopped the guys that run the rock. One guy comes to mind, and I know he's got to be one of the big names on the Hall of Fame wall, is Dan the Man. Back in my day, that was the guy that I would see when I was growing up playing high school ball over at Sackacy, man. Uh, So does Dan ever come around to school at all? To be honest with you, I have, we have I haven't even seen that man a day in my life. To be honest with you. Oh man, <laughs> man, I got to get that cat over there, dude. I'm gonna tell you something, dude. That guy would run for a million yards and one, and first half put on a trench coat. The second half, and that was all she wrote. But not just him. You guys have always put out athletes, my man. You're one of many great athletes that are gonna come out of this area. What is it about Dylan that makes it so it. special on Friday night, brother? It's just the way it's just the way the coaches coaches and how we take the coaching like it's just how we play. Now, of course, you coming in here in class of twenty two, you got a big season ahead of you. Your junior season, they always say it's one of your biggest seasons. Now, I like to say it's it's that freshman sophomore building that foundation, and that junior season just kind of helps you put a stamp on it. But when you started to see this thing kind of fall a little bit. Kind of tell me your thoughts on this season and give me kind of uh, what did you do during the off season during the summer when they shut everything down? How did you stay in shape over there in Dillon, buddy? I did a lot of field work and a lot of running and stuff like that. Stay hydrated with my body and everything. And then once the season started back coming around, I was right to start back the season again. We're hanging out all the way up in Dillon, South Carolina, with a big man who, of course, uh, is going to have a huge season coming up. They are a very aggressive, very fine-tuned and well-oiled machine up in Dillon, South Carolina, with this young man running the linebacking core over there, Mr. Trayvon Johnson, joining us all the way. And uh, I'd say that PD kind of uh, state line is where you guys are located up there in Dillon. Now, when you look at things, uh, give me some tradition there, Dylan, man. Give me something that, that you remember last year coming on to this team, being a part of this team that, that you look forward to this year when it comes to a traditional uh, situation on a Friday night. Um, I look forward to it just to win, really. 
and just have a good have a good game and just have fun. Now, of course, you get to play for one of the most legend legend coaches around the state of South Carolina, and Coach Jackie Hayes. This guy is without doubt. He just got one of the prestige awards and the Coach McKissick Coach Award last year at the banquet. Not sure if you made that appearance up there this past year, but uh, I was uh, able to be up that way and, and saw him get recognized. A lot of your ball players get recognized, but it's every year you guys are always picked. Not only win your region, but right in the conversation to win the state. What do you like about that type of pressure, that type of expectations? And what are these coaches telling you guys here this week as it is game week? It just makes us work harder to get there at that that position. And this game week, and we haven't played in so long, it's just more and more pressure on us because we've got to work harder to get better and play on Fridays. Of course, you guys were kind of scrambling a little bit there at the beginning to some extent, because I'm sure you guys were working together one-on-one, not on the field and not with your coaches. But you guys have a culture over there, Dylan. I'm well aware of it. I'm well aware that Coach Hayes expects you to do what they expect you to do when they're watching, but also continue to do it when they're not watching. Tell us a little bit about that tradition. Tell me just a little bit about a, a typical Friday when it comes to game day. What, what, how, does, how, how does it go over there, Dylan, as you guys prepare for game night? Um, at first, we just, during the week, we prepare for the Friday nights and do practice all week. And come to Fridays, we just have our game plan on to play that night. Throughout school and everything, we watching film and at the end of the days and everything like that. And we just ready for that night to play. Well, that night's coming up here in about, what, three days away? Well, four days, depends on how you're counting it, but. Friday night, you guys are going to be up and running. Now, I'm looking at a lot of your uh, your huddle, and it's very impressive, by the way. But I'm looking at your Twitter handle, trying to go through your size and your weight. So, real quick, tell everybody listening, man, how tall are you? How much do you weigh? Give me your speed. Give me some impressive highlights about the young man known as Trayvon Johnson. Um, I'm only I'm only five seven. Uh, I weigh one seventy five, roughly right now. I'm not I'm not as big right now, but I'm kind of fast. I didn't. I haven't ran to 40 yet, so I can't really tell you, tell you how much of a fast I am. But I'm pretty fast, and it's it's. I, it ain't really too much. Man. I just work on the field and play, and let it talk for itself. That's what I wanted to hear right there. My man says, "Look, I can give you a speech, but I can better give you a performance. And if you cut on my huddle, you can watch. Of course, you can follow the young man at Trayvon. That's T R A V O N underscore 33." on Twitter where, of course, he has his huddle up and running right there. Class of 22, he's a linebacker. That's a key position on the defense. A lot of shot calling happening in that position. You're able to see the quarterback's eyes, the running back's eyes. You're able to just back or pull forward. What is it about that linebacker position that you like the most? So why did you or why did the coaches select you to play in that position this year? I'm just – I just love how the way it's physical and you got to use – you got to use multiple resources on your body, like your eyes, your feet, like, and you're listening. You got to have your eyes and your feet connected together for order you to play linebacker. To be honest with you, man, I just got adapted to doing that. And ever since I started out playing linebacker, I just adapted to get better every year at playing. We're live right now hanging out on a virtual tour campus over there with one of the legendary coaches on that roster is Coach 
Jackie Hayes, his player on the line with us right now is Trayvon Johnson, a class of 22. He's a big-time linebacker playing out of his shoes every single Friday night. We're very fortunate to have a chance to catch up with the young man to talk about all the things coming up in this uh, 2020 season. It is his junior season here coming up. Now, Friday night, the lights are are going to be on. Where do you guys play? Kind of give us the breakdown of the first three games that are on the schedule and uh, whether you're home or away coming up in week one. Um, our first game we have is Lewis. We we play we – we're, we're not really determined where we're playing at Lewis right now. But, yeah, we play Lewis on our first game. Then I think um, Aner is the second game, and it's home. And the third game is – in the Georgetown, that's that's um away. Yeah, so the second game Aner is home and Georgetown is away. So that's the that's the next three games. There right. you go, man. So we're focused on that first one, of course. Uh, Lures, the Lions, uh, pretty good little ball team over there, man. So you guys, of course, looking forward to getting things up and running. Uh, you know, I can't tell you enough how much it means to me for you to come in here and uh, share a little bit of time with us and represent that, of course, of uh, this young Dylan team that's coming in here, brother. Now, before I get you out of here, man, we always want to talk a little academics with you, my man, because I know football is something that you are going to do at the next level, but you're going to get that education to go with it, man. Have you started looking at any schools? Have you had any conversations? And what type of major? Whether you're looking at maybe further that education when you go to college, have you had any of that thought yet? Yes, sir. I had, I had thoughts of well, my youngest, like being young and everything like that, just coming and playing football and everything. Like I just thought about going to college to do law enforcement, but really, like that's like just a plan to have on my head. But I'm really undecided right now, the major. Hey man, you got a yeah, you got an idea, you got a direction. Law enforcement, hey, that's a good spot to hand into, man. I got to be honest with you, man. At this age, to then, know that hey, you're leaning into that way. Go ahead. Then like. I had another, I had another um, thing to myself where I just go to the army and go to the army and play football like that, and not go through the college and everything. It's just, it just, it's just something I have to think on for a little minute. Well, I tell you what, man, continue surrounding yourselves with the coaching staff. You got some of the best coaches around you. Coach Hayes is an incredible coach. He's done incredible things. He's put a lot of dudes in a lot of places. You just got to trust the process. You got to do the homework on and off the field and in the classroom. But if there's anything we can do, make sure you lean on us, brother. I want to have you back in here next week to recap your game on Friday night. So, first of all, uh, you are the class of 22, which means there's a junior bowl coming up, right? A showcase bowl that us and those guys over at the South Carolina High School Blitz are going to be putting on in December. Now, we had a show this past Thursday with Ms. V, who actually was out, but we highlighted your class. Let me ask you a question. If Ms. V was listening, and oh, by the way, she is, why should we pick you to be on this Showcase Junior Bowl over there in Columbia in December to showcase your talent in the class of 22, buddy? So... So I can have more recognition to myself, like as as of right now, I don't. So like that'll help me out further in my career of playing football, having more people look at me and seeing me as a, a good player and everything. And it's, it's just gonna be a big opportunity for me. I believe that I'm it a, is, my I'm man. a good enough player. 
I'm a good enough player to play into the junior showcase. I think I, I think I have, yeah. Well, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to find Coach yes, Smitty's Twitter page, and I want you to send him as okay. soon as we get you off the air. I want you to send your huddle to him. He's going to call me back as soon as you send it to him. If you need it, I'll have my producer hit you up in your inbox with his Twitter handle. And at that point, Coach Smitty will send me a confirmation that you sent it. We're going to do everything we can do, young man, to help you in any way we can from your public speaking right here on the radio. Because not saying if, it's when you play college football. And if playing in the NFL is a dream, then we'll make that become a reality here as well. If we can do anything we can to help promote the talent that you're putting out on a Friday night. But keep balling out in the classroom. Keep taking care of business in the streets, making sure that you're doing things the right way. And trust and believe me that everything that you do over there will carry over here on this football field, man. Thank you so much for your time. I wish you the best of luck in this season. And uh, you and I will catch up off the air here in a couple of days. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, just like that, we pull up the bus and we're going to head a little bit. Well, now we go to the upstate in our number three. But before we do that, I'll bring Eugene back in here. Man, that young man's very, very confident, number one, Eugene. I, I love the factor that he thought about the answer before he just spoke, before he just gave me something. He thought, let me think about this. Let me process this. And then he gave me an answer. To me, that showed a lot of maturity from a young man in this class of 42 that continued, as they did on Thursday night with us, continued to do here tonight. Yeah, you know, and I meant to tell him, uh, hopefully if he's still listening, um, you know, to be in law enforcement, uh, you definitely want a degree that would help you move up the ranks there. Um, but what you get your degree in, is it that important to be in law enforcement? You don't have to major in criminal justice if you like, uh, you know, teaching coaching. You could do that if you want to study history, you want to study literature, Spanish, music, whatever it is. Um, but it definitely does help you to have that degree. So for a young man that doesn't quite have his mind made up on what degree he wants, uh, you know, but he has a career in mind, I just wanted to let him know if he's still listening, Trayvon. doesn't matter. Get your, just get that four-year degree, get that piece of paper, buddy, and then go apply to the academy and, uh, and get in. And, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of careers out there. And once you start and get through that academy, you can do. So, you know, kudos to him for at least having a, a career goal in mind, um, you know, because you got to have that goal before you can put in uh, the steps to how to achieve it. You know what I mean? If you want to bench press 400 pounds, you know, that's your goal. Okay, then you start building in, well, i got to start here and start there and do this, do that, and the other. So I give him kudos. And You know I mean? That team and Dylan is just loaded, as you said. You know, Jackie always features – you know, some talent. We've had some on. I know the receivers going to Louisville. Um, right. They've always had tons and tons and tons of talent. And, you know, he's very succinct on his answers. You ask him, so what makes it special? Winning. I mean, because that's what they do. To them, not that's winning they is, you know, they're, they're like the Alabama. If you lose a regular season game, people are pointing fingers like, how did you lose a game? Whereas other teams are trying to win – you know, they're like, well, if we can just win the region or if we can just win our first game, these guys year after year, you know, it's, it's almost like the, the state title or nothing. And and last year they got into the state title game. And, you know, it just I remember watching the first half and felt, wow, this, you know, what happened? Because I, I didn't realize the other team was that much more special. But they did have a great quarterback, and, and we all know where he went but uh, or what he was doing. But, um, again, you know, that Dylan program is just – they're one of the ones that just – reloads 
Um, and then I think they got some influx of talent from uh, North Carolina that's going to be joined that joined them up uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so you know, here here we are uh, heading into the first week, and Dylan's ready to go as everybody would figure that Jackie's got those guys prepped and and ready to go. We'll see how they do. You know, I'm not too familiar with that region. Um, I know Georgetown. I, I don't expect a lot out of Georgetown. Uh, you could probably catch us up on Hainer every once in a while. They have a pretty good team. But from what I recall, Loris usually is pretty good. Would you agree on that? Yeah, Loris has. You know, Loris has, uh, you know, they've had some teams. I think Waccamaw's on their schedule as well. I was looking at their roster uh, or, or their schedule, excuse me. I, I do feel like it's their their region to lose. You know, in looking at this region, uh, it, it looks to be – uh, they probably, and again, I don't want to undermine the other teams on their schedules, but it just seems like they're just so loaded. You said it earlier. I mean, and, and it ain't just this year, it's every year, and it's next year, and it's the year after. I mean, if you ever, if you Google reload, somewhere in there, Jackie Hayes' face is going to come up, and the Dylan Wildcats are going to be a pitcher on that, on that definition. Just putting it out there, because for me, they continue to show how, if you do it the right way, and you handle business day after day, then, yes, you want to have fun, win football games. Winning, fun is in the winning. As I say, he was one of the coaches that kind of coined that back in those days. But for me, Coach Hayes has done that. He got that huge award last year at the high school league, gave him of the Coach John McKissick Award, who Coach Call gave that to him. He and I went up to Columbia for that award banquet. And it was an honor well-deserved. And, and i got to be honest with you, man. He, along with Coach LaPrad, along with Coach uh, R. Craig, who's over at Hennahan now, and I'm naming coaches that have been around for quite some time, but yet, look, these dogs are still hunting. These dogs are still winning. These guys are still beating everybody on the block, and they're doing it the right way. They ain't worried about these young dogs. They're out here doing things as the big dogs. And that, of course, is uh, Dylan and they're going to probably have another say-so. And I'm pretty sure that you'll see them. I, I just, I'm going to call it early. I think it's 3A is going to go through Dillon uh, at the end of the year, or at least before they hit Columbia. Yeah, and the other thing about Dillon is, you know, they're, they're almost secluded. Uh, other than a few things, there, there's not a whole lot going on. So when I, you hear these athletes and say, hey, you know, what were you doing during the downturn? He's like, yeah. Just staying hydrated and running, 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 and doing field work. I mean, they don't have the beach distractions that a lot of schools on the coast have. You know, and Columbia has a lot of things going on in the big city. Same thing up around Clemson and Greenville, Spartanburg area. You know, there's not a whole lot going on other than uh, what's that, that little theme park there on 95. So the Dillon guys, you know, they pass the time by playing football, working out, lifting weights, and training. And I think Jackie likes that. He's got a wall built around it. You know, Dylan, in that sense, you you never hear of a – no matter where you go throughout the state, you can hear of, you know, ex-superstar transferring to this school or that school. You never hear that out of Dylan. These guys come in, a lot of them play early on in their career. Um, we remember a quarterback uh, back when they won those three or four state titles in a row, and uh, he came in as a freshman midseason, won the state title, went on to win three more. And, he, you know, just uh, Coach Hayes just builds a wall around the program. You know, the kids just get in there, do well. Um, like you said, you know, how many – I can't even count how many that I know of offhand that have gone Power 5 and other big-time programs. And just, you know, you just don't hear a lot of drama. You don't hear a lot of fuss. You don't hear about kids leaving. 
you know, so whatever he's doing to make him feel like family and to work, it certainly is uh, trickling down. That's kind of the culture he's created there. Yeah, when you start to think about it, and this was dated back on 2017 that Dylan had won his fifth state title in six years. I mean, that kind of tells you, and that was back in 2017 was uh, was something I found, and I was looking, trying to find out all the state championships that these guys have had, and trust to believe me, I believe they've got a wall, I mean, a long wall of trophies filled to the rim in this trophy case of state championships. Not just in football, but but football is – that that big time program on that campus and they continue to put athletes all around they continue to do things like i say this year 3a football it will go through dylan unless by the grace of god that hey look and i'm not saying nobody in 3a can't play with him i'm not going to sit here and say that oh wait a minute there's a team called Wren that last year won the 4a this year they'll play in 3a boy that would be a battle to see Wren take on dylan down in Columbia at the end of the season because that could be easily a matchup. But there's other schools that say, wait a minute, hold on a second. Saluda won it. What about us? Excuse me, Saluda, I think it's actually two-way. I'm about to think back a little bit further back. But long story short, when you think about it, you start to kind of put things in perspective. It's an exciting conversation that's coming up. And I got to tell you, man, Dylan – always puts together a good program. I can't wait to see football on Friday nights, and I can't wait to see some of these new headlines because you and I both know, Eugene, there's going to be a huge, when I say a huge, a huge Cinderella coming out of each region or each at least, each classification. We just don't know who's going to be that Cinderella in 3A coming up this year. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Chapman last year, I don't think, I mean, I think people knew that they could score. I didn't think anybody thought that Chapman would just, roll Dylan like they did in that first half uh, and, and just going to win that game. But uh, they were certainly the surprise of all the state title games. I think second would have been uh, Dorman, you know, going to overtime with Dutch Fork. But just the way Chapman played uh, Dylan in that state title game, I just I, – I, I sat there in disbelief, honestly. Yeah, and I, that's why I kind of got twisted a little bit there because it was Chapman – and, of course, Cosardo was that quarterback who ended up going to Georgia State. They had dudes all across the field there. That one uh, was a great matchup. I was in Columbia to watch that game where they really, honestly, I mean, it was their day. They, there was nothing they could do wrong. They played probably the best football that they could have ever imagined playing, and they had to play that because they were going against a team that is extremely well-talented all across the field. So, you know, we'll, we'll sit back. We'll wait. We'll see. We'll kind of figure all this thing out. But to be honest with you, it's going to be told week after week. We said it with Kevin Bilodeau. We'll say it here on every show, every week, that every day is a playoff game. And, uh, again, week one, it is right here. It is in front of us. If you are listening now, you're probably just getting in from practice. Monday is in the books. Tuesday's around the corner. We got to keep getting better. We got to keep grinding. We got to make sure that we're winning every down, whether it be practice or sitting over there on the uh, the game field come Friday night, Eugene. Yeah, it is the wind down, like like we were saying earlier. You know, for the for everybody, it's eight o'clock, so the uh, first game week session and pads is over. A lot of guys probably are fine tuning, you know, with the scout teams, and you know those scout teams are running what the other guys run, and you know coaches are seeing what maybe run what they need to plan for for tomorrow because they only have possibly one full day left in pads. A lot of teams do that. They do Monday, Tuesday, full pads, Wednesdays and shells. Thursday, like I said, is 
it, it's walk through, run through, and then Friday you kick the ball off. So, you know, what? if, if you count full pad days in your game week, it's half over. <laughs> so, you know, I know coaches have a sense of urgency, so I just gave them a little bit more anxiety with that. But, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. This is the way you play the game. It's the way it runs in high school football. And so uh, we got that first one in the books. Now some coaches are probably watching some film. Uh, this isn't – it's really, really different. This isn't, um, you know, the first game of the of the year where everybody's coming in. There isn't a homecoming, all that stuff. This is region play. This is your seat to yep. the playoffs. We know that many regions only get one to two teams in. So, you know, these guys are looking at, if I don't win Friday, my season may be done in six weeks, period. You know, there's no ten weeks and – you know, we got non-region opponents, and we got fun games and rival games and homecoming games. This is playoffs. It really is. It's already started, uh, in a sense, because you've got to win so many games to even get to the playoffs. So it's almost like it's uh, uh, the way they handle the NCAA tournament, where this is the, the super regionals to get to the regionals, so to speak. And um, so it, it is pretty exciting, and there is a sense of urgency. I think you'll see a lot of coaches putting in – uh, a lot of hours this week that they didn't normally do just because of, like I said, it's that uh, region play, and might as well say we're already in the playoffs. Maybe that's why the weather is the way it is, guys. We're up against it. We're behind time. It is 8 o'clock. That means it's time for the reset button to come in full effect. Coming up, we're in the uh, town, the city, the place, upstate South Carolina. Greenville is on the line, and that means Cole Bryson coming up next right here on Southern Sports Central. Welcome back, everybody. Hour two is in the books here. I want to thank the young men that just joined us here in hour number two. Of course, uh, that was Reginald Walker Jr. in Charlotte, North Carolina, and all the way over in Dillon, South Carolina, with a linebacker, class of 22. That is Mr. Trayvon Johnson. Now, without further ado, we are in Greenville, South Carolina, with the voice of the Burns Rebels and a voice you hear on Saturday morning on ESPNU Update, Cole Bryson. What's up, Mr. Cole? How's Hey, man, how are you? Man, I'm great. The weather, by the way, if it's good here, it's got to be incredible in the upstate, man. But it doesn't feel like doesn't it feel like the playoffs are really here early. I mean, it has that feeling in the air, doesn't it? Listen, man, it's right now. My uh, truck temperature says 59. I just got out of the tree stand, and man, it's you can't beat it. <laughs> I know we don't have the fair coming to town here in the low country, but, boy, we do have Friday night lights going to be cutting on Friday night. You guys had some lights cut on for the final uh, scrimmages up that way uh, on this past Friday, man. What, what was your thoughts coming out of preseason? I know it was kind of a scrambling type of deal, but I heard a lot of good names and good games were put together this past weekend. But, you know, maybe give me kind of a, a recap of the preseason as we get ready for week one and the update. Well, you know, we, we, we all have our uh, our minds set on the actual teams and the actual games that are coming up, as well as the ones that have kind of already happened as far as these preseason games and scrimmages 
and Jamboree that you talked about, but I think the, the, the headline, the story that everybody's talking about most is the four teams in the upstate who uh, have had to delay their seasons because of um, the COVID-19 virus. You talk about Crescent, Liberty, Broome, and Union County, all four schools who have had a positive test, who have had to take a two-week hiatus from the football season, um, and Broome uh, was the first school to shut things down up here, and they will be able to resume this Monday, a week from today, they will be able to resume practice, but uh, we've got four teams who are who are uh, now on a hiatus, you know, that it, you don't want it, but you kind of had the feeling that at some point this season it would happen. Hopefully when we get through with these four, we won't have any more uh, positive cases or, or outbreaks or anything like that. But, you know, as far as the preseason goes, man, it was good to just to see some football. Uh, you know, I went to Gaffney on Friday night, and Gaffney hosted a jamboree with Clover, uh, Dorman, and Burns, and obviously Gaffney played in it as well. And uh, there's some good football. Dorman, Dorman Clover wasn't really close, but uh, Burns and Gaffney was really close, and uh, pretty, you know, Gaffney preseason number one in the state in a lot of polls, and I believe on max preps, and uh, Burns was right there with them. The final score was 14 to 10. Both teams were uh, really, really defensively played really well, uh, and, and you know, it, it's just good to, to see the kids and the coaches back on the field and some fans in the stand. Man, it, it just uh, feels good to have some normalcy back. We're live right now with Cole Bryson, the play-by-play voice of the Burns Rebels. You can hear him, of course, on ESPNU Upstate. He's also the host of his show, the Saturday Scramble. Of course, you can hear that, I would imagine. Uh, you guys going to kick off this Saturday, or have you guys already been up and running in the Upstate, brother? Last week was our uh, first show, just kind of previewing some teams and uh, talking about scrimmages and stuff like that, getting ready for week one. But uh, we will be on the air this Saturday breaking down the games from the night before. Uh, it's a little bit late in the year. It seems weird. You know, it's middle of September, getting close to October, and we're just now getting this thing going. But, hey, better better late than ever. I don't think we'll be talking about cramps. We might be talking about some hurt feelings on a Saturday morning. You can catch yep. that show from 8 to 10. You can also <laughs> find them on the web over there at ESPNUpstate.com. So just because you don't live in the upstate don't mean you can't listen to him. Find him. We'll tweet it out later, and we'll continue to push him throughout the year. He does a great job, and I've known this young man for a long time, as uh, we've enjoyed watching him not only uh, go through high school over at Boiling Spring, the journey took him to a place where he uh, got his degree, and he ended up doing some big things at North Greenville, gets engaged, changed a few teams, and here he is today on Southern Sports Central for many, I don't even know how many times you've been on here with me, brother, but Man, it's hard to believe the journey you and I have been on since the day God crossed our path, huh? Yeah, it is. It, it, it seems like forever ago, uh, you know, when, when we were in Somerville that night. I know it wasn't that long ago, um, but it, it seems like forever ago. But, yeah, man, you know, time flies when you're having fun. And, uh, you know, God's good all the time. And, uh, you know, blessed to be able to do what we do, man. 2012 was the day the Boiler Springs came in here and took – the dreams and uh, a lot more with them when they left and went back to uh, the upstate as uh, they upset Somerville in the playoffs. That was knocking the green wave out of the playoffs after a, a, a season where Coach McKissick had just won the 600, and it looked to be uh, a season to remember, but it was uh, ended by that of, of course, Boiling Springs. Now you're over there 
uh, as uh, I believe this is your second year, if I'm not mistaken, as you're hanging out up there with the Burns Rebels. And, and, and Burns, that's a 5A program in the upstate, right? It is. That's right. Second year at Burns. Second year at Burns, 5A program. Now, I've moved as well. Now, of course, uh, you mentioned Somerville. Uh, I decided this year that with Joe Call leaving and going to Oceanside and uh, Coach McKissick getting called to be the head coach upstairs in the, in the big heaven, I figured, you know what, it's an opportunity for me to go work under another incredible coach, and that was, of course, Coach LaPrade over at Fort Dorchester. So I'll be doing the TV at Fort. So you know what would be cool? I'm just saying. Wouldn't it be neat to meet each other in Columbia in about 12 weeks from now? That would be cool, man. I, you know, I, I, uh, I, Burns has a long way to go for that to happen. <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I'm always honest. Uh, but man, I would love to see it wherever it's played. I don't know, man. Have they, have they said where the state championship's going to be? I know it's not at Carolina, correct? Is it or is not? I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to make sure we're playing football on Friday. I just assumed if we're going to be exactly. socially distanced. I mean, why, why not socially well, distanced I, in South Carolina? Because that's a pretty big stadium. That's what I said, and I said there's nowhere more perfect than socially distance. Uh, but from what I was told, and I could be wrong, uh, from what I was told, is they're 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 not going to be able to have it there. So that'll be something interesting to keep our eye on as the weeks, uh, sure. you know, in the weeks to come. Yeah, definitely something we could definitely uh, keep an eye on and, and try to do things here as we are live right now with the man who calls it all over there, of course, with the Burns Rebels as they get ready for the 2020 season. He is the voice of the Burns Rebels, Cole Bryson. He also has his own show over there on ESPN Upstate. You can find that on Saturday mornings from 8 to 10. That is the Saturday Scramble. Go to ESPNUpstate.com to hear the show live every Saturday morning. Of course, uh, we, we look at teams, and you mentioned Gaffney. Now, Dorman has come to my radar. Gaffney has been on my radar your thoughts on both of these teams. I've heard different things out of scrimmages. I don't put much on a scrimmage, kind of like a preseason game in the NFL. No. I put a lot more into the season. But is Dorman, are they going to be back, do you feel, where they were last year but better? And without – and I don't know. I haven't heard any Little Johns on any radars, but I do hear Gaffney huh. is playing as if they used to when they had a roster full of Little Johns. Uh, I would be will. I, I I take a safe bet. I think a safe bet, Richie, would be saying that either one of those two teams will be uh, representing the Upstate in Columbia this year. Uh, I know Dorman has been there, God, seems like a million times in the past four or five, six years now, and and has fallen short uh, each time. But uh, I, yeah, Dorman and Gaffney are both legit. Uh, Gaffney is loaded. They, Gaffney and Dorman both bring back a ton of starters from last year. And, uh, you, you know, Gaffney is experienced at quarterback, a three-year starter at quarterback, and Andre Lindsey. Um, they, their offense didn't look as good as it should have Friday when I saw them. But, you know, again, I don't take much from that. You know, it, it's the first time these teams have played. They've been in pads for like a week, like a week and four days. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I think between Dorman and Gaffney, man, I, unless something crazy happens, you know, in one of, these, one of these other teams, I think one of those squads will be in Columbia. They're just uh, – they're both loaded this year. We're live right now with the voice of the Burns Rebels, Cole Bryson. You can hear him right there on the ESPN Upstate as well as his own show that you can hear on the ESPN Upstate as well. That is the Saturday Scramble live every Saturday morning from 8 to 10. And that is, of course – 
after listening to them for four hours, what's another two hours to wake you up if he puts you to sleep <laughs> on a Friday? Let him wake you up on a Saturday, man. Did you ever think, Cole, that you would have this success? I knew when you walked in that studio for the first time ever, you and your crew there, and uh, we've kept that relationship with those guys in the upstate as well. But when you walked in, just your poise, your moxie, man, the way that you handled yourself, I remember looking at the guys in our studio and said, that dude right there, he's going to make it. He doesn't know that he wants to do – he thinks he wants to do this full time. But trust and believe me, he's going to do what it takes to get here, man. But you are doing an incredible job covering not only football on Fridays, man, but I, I've been a part of your show on Saturdays, and you've had it, of course, on a couple of different areas. But just watching yep. you do what you do, man, I think it's just a blessing. Well, I appreciate it, man. Always good to to talk about sports. If you have the opportunity to do that, you're you're blessed. We're blessed to do it, man. And uh, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, we'll look forward to talking on Saturday mornings as well and uh, getting getting the perspective from the lower part of the state. No doubt about it. Now, the final few things before I get you out, because I know you just said you got out of a deer stand, and I know you're trying to get out of those clothes. But that being said, Greenville seems to have a lot of dogs, man, on that roster. I know Malden's a scheduled uh, team in the middle of the uh, month of October that everybody's got circled. But tell me, is it the Greenville championship to lose in 4A, especially in the upstate? I mean, tell me a little bit about the 4A, because I know there's been Wren going down to 3A, so that kind of makes it a little bit differently. But in 4A, you know, kind of give me an idea of what to expect when it comes to those teams in the upstate. Yeah, Greenville's definitely, uh, led by Greg Porter, definitely, you know, the the cream of the crop right now. Um, you, you have a team, though, that I wouldn't count out in the east side with a very good quarterback, uh, an experienced offense, and uh, I wouldn't count those guys out. But Greg Porter, who won a state championship at Hillcrest not too long ago, um, he is the best coach in Greenville County, hands down, period. And uh, he is he does a great job. So those guys are going to be those guys are going to be very good. Any team that Greg Porter coaches uh, is going to be a heck of a football team. And you know, Greg Porter, as good as, as he is as a head football coach, he'll be he'll be he won't be at Greenville long, man. He's a he's a heck of a football coach, and uh, Greenville's going to definitely be a team to watch out for. Now you mentioned Coach Early's team over there, Westside, and you mentioned the quarterback that they. I believe you're talking about the young man that just came in from Florida. I saw his highlight reels. I saw his huddle, whatever you want to call it there. This cat can throw the ball. They also got another kid. I don't know if you've seen his film or not. I believe he's a safety or DB that came in with this young man out of the uh, Sunshine State band. It definitely put a lot more, I I would say, um, opportunity going forward for Coach Early and that West Side team. Man, What do you like about them, and and, and how much threat are they when it comes down to competing for that 4A state championship and definitely representing the upstate? I think they're I think they're improved, but I don't think they're a threat quite yet. Uh, Scott Early has not been able to get over the hump uh, at Westside, and I don't think they're going to do that this year. I just don't think that the talent is there across the roster like it needs to be, and uh, I think that um, you'll see that this year. All right, the final thing, and then I'm going to let you go, buddy, and that is give me kind of a recap, and I'll let you go one and three through three all at once here. Uh, Wren goes down from 4A after winning a state championship. They're down there, of course. That magic seems to still be there. They're going to be going against some good talent, but what do you like one through three, and and what do you expect out of uh, all three of these classifications? You know, you're talking about 1A, 2A, and 3A? Yes, sir. 
you know, 1A and 2A, uh, you know, ha- are, are so on the upstate, and not to be Debbie Downer, but 1A and 2A in the upstate just <laughs> isn't the best football. And uh, I'd be lying if I said that I, I follow them and, and keep up with them. So I'm not sure. But I think for 3A, I think the interesting story is to watch, you know, we've seen Chapman in a, just a, a dynasty in the past, you know, four years of Chapman's dominance. Uh, and going against Dylan in the state championship, and I think the most interesting thing to watch in 3A is, is is will there be a team that was Chapman four or five years ago to step up and put a run together for a few years like Chapman did, or will uh, Harry Cavanis, who came from Alden and is now at Chapman, will he be able to do the same thing uh, that Mark Hodge was able to do and get Chapman back to Columbia? I think that's a, a very interesting story. No doubt about it, man. I tell you another interesting story is your story, your testimony, brother. You're a living man who has shown that if you put in the work, you definitely get the reward, man. But uh, stay safe. We look forward to doing this on a weekly basis, and I'll check in with you on Saturdays. But, hey, enjoy it. Have a great year in the booth, and I look forward to us continuing our rich tradition and our uh, conversations right here on Southern Sports Central, buddy. Yeah, man, appreciate it. Y'all have a good night. Talk to you soon. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, and in and out he goes all the way from Greenville, South Carolina, and that, of course, is uh, Mr. Cole Bryson. He uh, has done great things, Eugene, and again, we kind of went down memory lane with him for a split second. It's kind of like we have Matthew from the uh, South Carolina, you know, the the young man with the uh, diabetes softball game coming up. Same story with this young man. You know, both of these guys, I remember their days in, in, in high school, now watching them as grown men, they're both, by the way, engaged. Uh, they're both doing things professionally that they never thought they would do or maybe they thought they would do. But watching guys like them do the things that they do, you know, and, and, and knowing that both of them started off coming right here on Southern Sports Central as guests, saying, you know, from their days and walking the high school hallways at, at, at their respective high schools has been kind of a treat in itself. It's kind of like us watching these young men on Friday nights doing what they do. You know, uh, anytime you see somebody be successful, man, it's just it's such an abundance of, of energy that comes through me just to watch these guys live out their dreams and, and do the things that needs to be done. So, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of energy. And, uh, you know, we'll wait and kind of um, talk a little bit more. But we look forward to having Cole on the show on a regular basis. He hopefully will join us and kind of help us. Also, Mr. Blackwell, he is uh, one of the beat writers in the upstate. He'll cover it as well so there's just a lot of guys doing a lot of things and we'll continue to do our thing as we'll take a quick break you want to call in for the rest of the show we'd love to hear from you tonight maybe you want to talk about your team maybe you're a ball player maybe you want to give us a rundown of who you are what do you do what position you play and where do you play all of that is an opportunity right now as we will open up the airlines and of course call in and join us the number to reach us is one three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, more of that Southern Sports Central, guys. Don't go anywhere. Oh, excuses, guys. I wish I could. I wish you could pay me a thousand dollars today. I can tell you, seventy percent is enough. I wish you could pay me fifteen hundred. I wish you could pay me fifteen hundred. And I could say to you. 80% is going to get it. I guarantee, give me a 1500 I guarantee you. I guarantee you that I magic wand you, and 80% will be equivalent to 100% for you. Boof. But it's not going to happen. 
So I need you to understand something. You can have it if you want it. But the bigger the dream, the bigger the dream, the bigger the dream, God, the bigger the dream, the bigger the dream, the harder the grind. And can I be honest with you guys? I'm grinding harder now than I've ever grinded before. Somebody said, E.T., somebody called me up there and said, E.T., I don't know if you've been paying attention, and they were right, I haven't. E.T., we've been going online, and if you go on YouTube and you put the best motivational video of all times, right now, E.T., that's your video. E, how do you feel? E.T., 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 I don't know if you did it, but I did it. The top motivational speakers in the world, and in some categories, E.T., you're there. You're like number 10, you're number 5, E.T. How do you feel, E.T.? I said, I'm be honest with you. It was easier when I wasn't on the list. It was easier because I wasn't focusing on that. We want people to make guarantees to us, but we're not willing to make guarantees to ourselves. Somebody gave you a guarantee, $30, 30-day guarantee. In 30 days, if you don't make what they told you was going to make, in 30 days, you got an attitude, you want your money back. But you've never demanded your money back from yourself. What do you do when you're not the only one that wants to make a million dollars in your company? You're not the only one that wants to be the president. You're not the only one that wants to be the CEO. What if you're not the only one that wants what you want? What if there are thousands of other people who want what you want? You have to outwork them. The reason why I'm not successful is because of my boss. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and said, I'm not getting up on time? What do you do when a thousand other people want exactly what you want? You've never looked at yourself in the mirror and said, you let you down. Until you get to that point, you let you down. You've never, you're not brave enough. You want to put it on somebody else. I changed. And I stopped being a victim. I stopped saying, I've got to wait for good things to happen to me. And I said, I'm going to grind. I'm going to fight. I'm going to work. I'm going to press toward. I'm going to learn. I'm going to do everything in my power every single day. You gotta outbind them. You gotta get up earlier. You gotta stay up later. You gotta execute and you gotta go from 70 to 120. And if you create. And I gotta be honest with you as you welcome me back here to Southern Sports Central. I'm Richie Alvin alongside Eugene Benton. This has been a great show tonight. We've had a great group of guests on here, but boy, if I can get Mr. Eric Thomas to come in here, ET is an amazing motivator. He speaks nothing but the truth. If you heard about four minutes of that, and there's about ten minutes long of that, of course, uh, I, I love playing his, his inserts throughout our show because a lot of athletes, a lot of former athletes, I mean, myself, I listen to a lot of that throughout my days, even though going to work and grinding every day and, and wanting to get better, wanting to find an answer, wanting to realize what do I need to do. And sometimes 99% of the time, the answer is the man that I look at every morning in the mirror. The right man or the wrong thing I'm doing or whatever it is, the accountability, the credibility, and everything that goes with it begins with me. You know, in that, in that part, he talks about 
you know, we always, if we don't get our money's worth, we always want our money back. But he said that part, Eugene, where do we ever give back if we don't perform? Do we ever give back and say, hey, I didn't do, uh, I didn't, I didn't give it everything I got. Here's a hundred dollars back. I know that, you know, I, I, I paid, but, but you didn't get your money's worth out of me. So here's my money back. And, and that's just the way it works. I bet you that doesn't happen. Matter of fact, I know that doesn't happen. But as we're coming into Eugene, a season that's going to have an, a, 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 a multiple amount of meaning to it. I don't like, you know, don't say asterisks. I hope, I hope we'd never say that on this radio show. Because the only asterisk you need to have is a state, they say state championship by your name or MVP by your name. It better not say COVID, and it better not say a, uh, an excuse of why you didn't win a state championship. Because everybody is on the same playing field right now in the state of South Carolina, in the South Carolina High School League, and that is Friday night football going to happen. Now, there are some schools that have got a delay. We get that. We understand that. But we're talking to those who are playing this Friday night. Everybody's number one in their region. Everybody is number one in the state in their classification. It's up to you to stay there. It's up to you to battle, to grind, to get up early, to stay late, to do whatever you got to do. Do an extra 10, do an extra 20, do an extra 30, do whatever you got to do. Because at the end of the day, Eugene, it matters only to you if you want to be better. It doesn't matter to me if you want to be better. I would like you to be better, but I can't make you better. And that's what coaches right now are trying to get these young athletes to understand. It begins and ends with that man or that young lady, because there are some fall sports happening outside of football, that they are also up for a state championship. And it all has already began for volleyball and a few other sports like tennis and swimming. But football is on the conversation and on the menu tonight, Eugene. And I can promise you that if these young men don't play like it's their last play, I don't want to see any tears in December if you ain't sweating in September. That's just my thoughts, Eugene. Yeah, I really, really like that a lot. I don't think I've ever heard that before. One of the things that's been on my mind and weighing on me heavily lately uh, is that, you know, one of the things he said was, you know, don't, don't basically in summary, the part I got it was uh, don't play victim um, because, you're not a victim and nobody cares. Nobody, people care about your – sure, people care about you, but when you get to a certain point, no one cares about, you know, where you've been, where you're from. It, it's what, what are you – who are you? You know, your character issues, you know, your heart. What do you give into it? What do you get – what are you putting into it? Um, and, and I like that because I see so much, and it kind of almost like uh, gets under my skin sometimes when you see these five-star – athlete to you know these coaches who make five six seven eight million dollars a year are like 14 year old in love schoolgirls. to everything you tweet they're like following these five star these 17 eight year old five star athletes and some of their messages are basically that y'all count me out nobody believes in me you know it's this defeatist attitude and i get it and i've seen it because coaches use that a lot to motivate dudes they get in the locker room and they say the other team over there says your mama dresses you funny and, and they're coming to take your manhood and they don't believe y'all can win. And I get that. But then, you know, I see that a lot in society that that's people have jumped on that as a society. And so you see this whole defeatist kind of attitude and victim and all that stuff. So when I see that and what the guy's saying is, you know what, get yourself up. You want something out of this? 
put something in it. It's like you said, don't come at me with tears in December if you didn't put the, the shed the sweat in September. Um, now, it's okay if you're in that December game and you lose and, and you got tears because you put all that sweat in there and you, you, you feel like you didn't reach your goal. It's okay to be disappointed. But if you didn't put in, you know, yeah, I didn't feel like going to practice that week in September. You know, that in October I had some tests. Well, okay, everybody's got tests. You probably should have managed your time a little bit better. Or, you know, well, I, you know, I just – me and the coach wasn't getting along that week. And, and here we are in December and you're not – you know, everybody else is still playing. You know, you got to win those region games. you got to make the playoffs. But if you didn't do it in September – and you're sitting there in December and people are playing. College coaches don't have a lot to do. So maybe they're coming to watch games and you say, you know, so-and-so's on the sideline, so-and-so's getting an offer. Well, they're probably not going to offer you sitting at the house. So it's just, you know, I really like that. I'm going to find it again. I'm I'm actually going to download it because uh, I may need some of that motivation myself sometimes. It, like I said, that really spoke to me in a lot of ways, especially some things that have been on my mind lately about, you know, some of the athletes and just kind of some of the things that they say and do and kind of interesting to me when, you know, a five-star athlete who has a lot of things in the world just, you know, constantly tweets out that everybody counts me out and nobody believes in me when, you know, you have 45 offers of a free education at some of the most prestigious universities in the country. And, uh, you know, like I said, these coaches are fawning over every move you make. Right. Yeah, you're exactly right, because I'm going to tell you something. There's not a day goes by that I don't listen to E.T. Now, I'm not talking about the guy, the, the alien E.T. I'm talking about Mr. Eric Thomas. This guy, he, he, he decided at one point in his life, as I did at Southern Sports Central, as I have because it's landed me on, on, on a local news station here in Charleston, as it will land me on a Friday night football over every single night over at Fort Dorchester, as they will travel around and, and, and they will try everything they can to compete Friday night after Friday night to go after a state championship. But the reason that I do what I do is because I know it all starts with one person, and that's me. Athletes, I'm going to tell you this right now, okay? The better you get, a lot of times the more enemies you get. Well, in the world, it ain't a beautiful world out here. That's just the way it is. People want to see you fail more than succeed. I know that ain't what you hear sometimes, but that's just reality. You got to get up and grind early. You got to grind hard and you got to grind until you find yourself laying back down and ending it for the day. You know, I used to say this a lot of times, and I don't think this is relative to all five-star athletes, but a lot of five-star athletes bring you five-star problems. Coaches would rather have a three-star kid with a five-star heart any day of the week. You teach a kid with that kind of heart is a lot better than going out here and getting somebody And Coach Bennett, down at Coastal, years ago, used to talk about we got to be more like dogs, not cats. Now, the cat that he was talking about was a man on his team. I'm not going to give you the name of him because I'm not going to do that. But he was more worried about his his bands being right on his elbows and his flair being right on his legs. You know, I'm going to tell you something else. You don't win any state championships on social media. You can take the best pictures in the world. You can have some of the greatest videos out in the world. But the greatest video you will ever have is the one where you grind out on the football field and you beat that team face-to-face, head-to-head, every single time you go up against that individual. That's what you need to worry about. You know, we talked to that young man from Dillon. He said, look, my work is going to be my signature. 
not paraphrasing what he said, but I'm just that that's basically his conversation. And we've had multiple athletes that have responded with that answer. And that's what I like. It ain't about fitting, you know, uh, certain things. And, and I, I think that sometimes young athletes, sometimes I think we, we forget, we forget what it really takes, what we have to go through. You know, you, you, you think about the things that you had to go through this summer and you think about it when you start getting down or you feel like the coach don't like you or you feel like you ain't good enough. I want you to think back about the moments that you sat back at your house in July with the fear that football wasn't even going to be a possibility. And then I want you to go out there and I want you to give it 100. And sometimes you're going to give 100% and it's not going to be but 30. That's life. Sometimes you study for a test, but you only make a 50. Well, that's the best you got. That's all you got. You're not going to win every day. That's life. Sometimes that's football. Sometimes that's baseball or whatever sport you grind in. But you got to get back up to see another play. You got to get back up to see another day. For you athletes that want to complain about, well, he has favorites. Well, here's a heads up for you. Be his favorite. Whatever it is that he has under that favorite category, go be that. Go do what you got to do. Or you can let your ego get in the way, which is also going to get your future in the way, which is going to have you sitting somewhere completely different than where you want to be. Because trust and believe me, you can play for as many seven-on-seven head coaches as you want. You can have as many buddies in certain areas as you want. But your head football coach, and you heard this from Coach Corn on Thursday night, that's where they're going. They're going to your head coach. Your head coach knows you better than anybody. He's seen you at your highest and at your lowest. He's seen you when you have had some of the worst situations and scenarios and how you handled them. That's where these college coaches are going. And the final thing I'm going to say, Eugene, is this. Young men, I was having this conversation earlier today with somebody. If you're in the class of 2020, you need to be looking at every opportunity. You need to be opening every door. You need to understand in any, any way possible, you are at worst case scenario ready to walk on any campus to play the game of football. That's your dream is to be a football player, which means FCS, NAIA, JUCO, you name it, it ought to be an opportunity. And HBCUs should be at the top of that list. If you didn't see Neon Dion as a new head coach today, which to me is one of the big headlines that I love to see a guy like that coaching, giving back to a community, giving back to the game that gave him so much. We've heard a lot of his speeches. We've seen a lot of his pep talks on sidelines. And now he's going to actually go out there and coach. I love it, man. I think that's a great move. Great move for that, for, for that organization to pick him up and to put him as a head coach, Eugene. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And, of course, in, in Neon Dion fashion, he made a grand interest driving into the arena uh, in that nice Cadillac Escalade. <laughs> but, you know, there's one thing I wanted to piggyback, something uh, I believe you, you saw last week or so um, that was shared from the Raiders organization about the draft, the NFL draft. Uh, they, one of the things the Raiders do, and I'm not sure if other teams do, but obviously they did, is when the Raiders go to draft a guy in the NFL draft, they – they, you know, find the dudes they're interested in, let's just say 50 dudes. They actually send a formal letter to the high school coach and ask the high school coach, how was this guy? Did he come, did he, and it says, rate him like one to five. Did he like the weight room? 
Did he like it? Did he enjoy it? Or did he just show up? How was he in the classroom? Did he participate? I mean, all these things that the Raiders, on a guy who's been four, three, four, five years out of high school, been on national stages, you know, gone to bowl games. You know, let's just say a guy plays at Alabama. You know, I'm sure they had conversations with Nick Saban. But they've actually sent out a formal request to the high school of the guys that they're considering drafting. So just to piggyback on that, when you were talking about guys, you know, who, who you know, if you want to be favored with your head coach and, you know, they, they didn't send those, like you said, you mentioned the seven-on-seven seven coaches and, and things like that. They don't send that to those guys. They sent it to your high school head coach. So I thought that was pretty interesting right. that Raiders did that. Yeah, I agree with you. We're going to take a quick break. We'll reset a little bit here for the final 20 minutes remaining of Southern Sports Central. I do want to take a quick minute and thank our guests tonight. It's been a good show. Uh, we are 100% uh, very, very appreciative of the time that everybody gives us here on the network. And that, of course, started off at 630 with Kevin Villadu at Live 5 Sports. Reginald Walker, Jr., former player with Joe Pye and the Nittany Lions, doing a lot of great things in the city of Charlotte for a couple of colleges and around the community. But he's also right here on Monday nights at 7 o'clock as one of the many great voices. And I would definitely say impacts on our show on Monday night, of course, Reginald Walker, Jr. Then at 7.30, we took the bus from Charlotte all the way to Dillon, South Carolina, with a traditional powerhouse and the Wildcats and Coach Jackie Hayes as he has one loaded roster once again. And this young man, class of 22, was the linebacker. Mr. Trayvon Johnson joined us. Then it was at 8 o'clock, we took the bus from Dillon to Greenville with the voice of the Rebels of Burns. He also has his own show right there on that same ESPN Upstate on Saturday mornings from 8 to 10. You can find it at ESPNUpstate.com. That is Cole Bryson. So, again, a lot of great things that are happening here on the network. And another great thing that's happening will be taking place uh, right here on tomorrow night, the West Foundation Sports Show with Everett Sands will be joining us tomorrow night. He had a great one last week where he had a current player with the New York Giants, a gentleman that played football but now is an opera singer. He had uh, some young ladies come in to talk about receiving scholarships. Now, the key with that was, was that these aren't athletic scholarships. So just because you're an athlete, don't be one-dimensional. Go get what you can under the athletic world and then go into the other side of things. Because trust and believe me, there are a ton of things out there that I really feel that we leave out on the table. So if you want to do this, and that is, of course, get the best, the best bang for your buck, you want to make sure that you're doing that um, across the board. But tomorrow night, of course, right here on Southern Sports Central, you can hear the West Foundation Sports Show Part three, with that of Everett Sands, he'll have another great cast with him. He has a former NFL player joining him tomorrow, along with a lot of other great individuals that are set to bring down the house, if you know what I mean. So you want to check it out. We'll take a quick break, Eugene. We'll come back. We'll wrap up tonight's show. It's been another solid one. We'll be back here. Eugene and I will be, of course, on Wednesday night. Of course, that's going to kick off actually at 7 o'clock. We'll move it back an hour. We're going to move it back an hour because we're going to be bringing in some players. And the way that we have to do that, the reason we push it back an hour is because these young men are coming off the football fields a little bit later. We want to make sure that we get a couple of these ballers there. We've got a couple of coaches 
that have reached out to me, and they said I'd love to come on, but that early time is a little tough time for us. So what we'll do is we'll accommodate. This is why we're here. We'll make some room. We'll do what needs to be done, and we'll, of course, uh, have that conversation. So, again, if you would like to call in, now's the time to do it at one three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. That's the number to get in here and give us a shout for the final, I'd say, 15 minutes. I don't think we have an exact 20 minutes remaining, but that we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central. Coming up next, our final segment. Somebody say, E, what's your alarm clock? My passion. My dreams wake me up. I don't need no alarm clock. I'm going to bed pissed that I got to go to bed. Some of you going to sleep and you don't deserve to be. You don't deserve rest. Lazy. You don't deserve rest. Rest is for people who work. You ain't doing nothing. Every day you chilling. You need to know your why. And my why wakes me up every single morning. Why do you do what you do? And that's so important. Look, ain't no more talking. This is it. If you ready to take your game to the next level in whatever it is, sports, life, business, whatever it is, health, listen to me very closely. You got to change that mindset. Somebody came up to me. They said, E.T., man, I'm tired, E.T. I'm tired, E.T. I put in the work, E.T. I'm not seeing the results, E.T. I'm ready to give up, E. I'm ready to give in, E. I did what you told me to do. I read the book you told me to read. I put in the hours you told me to put in. E, I'm doing it, and I'm not seeing anything. My why is every single day when I wake up, every minute of the day, every hour of the day, I have an opportunity. Somebody who quit, somebody who gave up, somebody who stopped in life. I have the power at my nickname, the refresher. I have the power as the refresher to make you believe again, to make you get up when you got up three times and you say, I'm not getting up no more. You get to the point where enough is enough. When you get to the point where it hurt real bad, when you get to the point you can't take it no more, when you get to that point, I'm telling you, I can't explain it to you. But doors start opening. Opportunities start happening. But what you cannot do is you cannot quit doing the process. My why? My why? I'm about to wrap this thing up. Listen to me. You can't make a difference. Until you make a decision Welcome back here for the final segment of Southern Sports Central Man again, uh, JT uh, You start to kind of uh, Excuse me, E.T. is his name there Eric Thomas is uh, a guy who Motivates as good as anybody Again, you can get these motivational uh, guys throughout the world of uh, different outlooks. But this guy right here talks about your why. You know, the message that he brings is right on time. As you guys are getting ready to play the game of football here this Friday night, and I know a lot of teams have been playing in Georgia and Alabama, here in the state of South Carolina, the course, the uh, Skiza League has been playing for a handful of weeks almost now. But here for the public high school, they'll be kicking up here on Friday night. You got to know your why. 
You got to have a plan. You got to work your plan. And like he said, sooner or later, you're going to get tired of getting kicked in the face. Sooner or later, you're getting tired of getting picked on. You know, it's kind of like that bully that, that, that hits you in the head and hits you in the head and hits you in the head. Sooner or later, you're going to turn around and pop him right back in the mouth. Well, maybe right now the bully is life. Maybe right now the bully is a guy not really bullying you, but he's ahead of you on that practice field. Hey, go out there and go pop somebody in the mouth. Now, don't go do it physically. I mean, you know, but in the world that we live in today, guys, there's everybody out here wanting what you want. Everybody out here wanting to be the best of the best. Everybody tells you they want to be an NFL football player, but only a few get to that level. If you are on a high school football team on a Friday night, man, you better soak that thing in, brother. Because I think back in my days of playing, and I think back in my days on Friday Night Lights, and you've heard all the songs, and you've watched all the great movies. We've all seen Remember the Titans and Friday Night Lights and Rudy. I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But these memories that you're making tomorrow night at practice are going to be some of the biggest memories that you'll remember. Yeah, you'll remember Friday night and scoring a touchdown or keeping somebody from scoring. But you're going to remember that time that you cleaned out, your, you, you knocked out that, that running back on the other side. He wears the same jersey as you, but he, he helps you get better. He helps you get to that next step because you had to grind against him every practice. He's the same guy that if you were running back that laid you out as a linebacker but helped, picked you up and said, hey, let's go, let's grind, let's get it. I sit back and I remember a lot of those moments. And, yeah, maybe this show towards the end is a little bit more of a heart-to-heart conversation between us and you. Because maybe you young athletes need to understand this part. Don't take this night for granted. Don't take tomorrow for granted or the next day for granted because what happens when you take something for granted, it gets gone. And then they fill something else with it. You know, there was a young man who on some practice field today, somewhere in the state of – maybe South Carolina, maybe in the country, went down with an injury. But he had no idea before he said, go, that that was going to be the last play. Treat every play like it's your last play. I'd tell you to do that in life. Eugene, you and I do this a lot, being former athletes. You know, we talk to Reggie a lot about this on and off the air. I have conversations. Most of my friends, most of my circle are former athletes. And it's not by mistake. It's by design of the Lord who surrounds me with mentors mentoring those out in our communities and it's the things that we've learned in our practices it's the things that we've learned in our games but most of all to be honest with you most of the best lessons I've ever learned is out of our loss something I lost because I didn't like the way that loss felt I didn't like the way it felt when I didn't get what I wanted I didn't like the feeling that I got when when I didn't come out victorious and that could have been at 40 or 4 or 14 I don't like to lose you know, I told my kids a long time ago, and sometimes people may look at me and say, well, I don't know if that's the best advice, but, hey, here's what I told my kids. When it comes to losing, I'm not going to teach you how to lose because I don't want you to enjoy it. I don't want to mess up and make you feel that losing is like going to Disney World. You just don't get the hat. No, losing sucks, and that's just the truth, and it should hurt. It should sting because you should have put a lot of energy and a lot of effort into winning. And so when you don't get that reward of the win, It's the loss that should make you better. 
It's that loss that should make you want to get up and get after it. And the next time, be that next time that you were better today than you were yesterday. Eugene? Yeah, you know, and and that's a good point, man. When you said that, it resonated with me. You know, one of the best lessons I ever had was in a loss. Um, You know, a lot of people know that I coached special teams for three years and trained kickers. And out of the three years, three years, and so that's uh, 10 games the first year, 10 games the second year, 14 games the uh, third year, in all those games, uh, I can honestly say I lost the special teams battle once, and that was game one, the very first playoff game Oceanside has ever been in, uh, and it was a home game hosting Whale Branch. Uh, my kicker missed a – should have been a pretty easy field goal earlier in the game uh, at, at one that we hadn't practiced very much. Uh, it was a very short left-hash kick for a left-footed kicker, so he had to hook it a little bit, and he overhooked it just a hair. Uh, and their guy made three field goals in that game, and we lost the game by two points. And that, to me, it hurt. I felt like a loser as a teacher. I felt like I cost that kid some pain. Uh, and that was one of the biggest teaching moments for me, uh, and that came out of a loss. And uh, today, you know, we had some wind, as I said earlier, left and right. And I said, hey, you know, I told this, you know, with the trainer owner who, who had spent all those years in the NFL up in Minnesota, and I said, man, you know, here's the deal, because here's what happened. And I told him that story, and he looked at me, and he said, okay, let's move the ball to the hatch. Let's work on this. Let, let, let's show him some, some good pointers there, because, like I said, you know, that just resonates with me, that pain that I felt like I inflicted on him uh, just by not preparing him was probably one of the better lessons I've ever had as a, as a coach and teacher. And, uh, you know, he, he fought through it as well, because he felt like he should have made it. The kid now has a tattoo on his chest that says this, the uh, uh, Portuguese for resilience uh, and, and because he came back to score 96 points last year and, and have one of the best seasons in South Carolina history as far as uh, percentage-wise. So, and like you said, you know, some of the best lessons comes in loss, and that's one of my personal testimonies to it. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And, again, I know we're having a little bit of a heart-to-heart here tonight, and that's what Southern Sports Central is about, guys. Yeah, we're going to have all the interviews, and we can sit here and go through all the stats, and we can have different conversations. And sometimes sometimes that big man upstairs puts something on my heart to have a conversation with those. And if I was only able to get one person to hear me and say, you're right, then it, it, it was worth the conversation. Because there's going to be a lot of those – feeling sorry for myself moments in the next seven to eight weeks, right? There's going to be a lot of those moments that he don't like me. He don't do this. He, 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 instead of a lot of me, me, me. Turn them he's into me's. The old one finger pointing out, three fingers pointing in. Fix them three things first. Then go back to the drawing board. But I promise you, I promise you that reward's going to be a lot greater when you get through something. You know, I know the next couple of weeks are going to be very exciting for a lot of us. Uh, you heard me give uh, Cole Bryson a thumbs up and a pat on the back as a fellow guy who's going to be calling the games on Friday nights in the upstate. I'm down here in the lower state. We've got, of course, uh, Stacey Huff and Mike Uva doing it there in the middle of the state. I mean, we got a lot of guys, and it's a, it, it is a fraternity. But all of us have athletics involvement prior to being in these booths. You know, God's all called us to do certain things, and, and when I thought maybe doing this or doing that was what I was going to do, but it lands me on Friday nights on a football field. I don't just talk about one team. I talk about both teams on the field. 
I do a lot of research. I started last night. And it was a hard thing for me to start. Back in December, no idea that the last time I talked to Ted Burns was the last time I was going to talk to a good friend of mine and my mentor in this business, Ted Burns from ESPN here in the Lowcountry. The Lord called him home in December. And at that moment, I knew that the man who had told me I got this, that he believed in me, that gave me so many of those amazing pep talks, that coming in what I thought would be August, September, would now be at the end of September. That conversation's not going to happen. But I can still, old boy, tell me, Rich, you know I love you, but I got to tell you. <laughs> and he would tell me what I need to fix, but he would follow it up with what I did great. But it's guys like Ted Burns, it's guys like Coach McKissick, it's guys that have left us better today than we were yesterday, who believed in us, who did it. And, yeah, sure, there's times where we didn't understand what they were doing. If you played for Coach McKissick, and I did not, but I did get the opportunity to be a right-hand man on a TV screen and play-by-play on a Friday night with the radio. I did get a chance to be, to say, the understudy for Ted Burns, who was the voice of the Citadel Bulldogs for Georgia State. He and I did Somerville football together. We called, to me at this point, a game that I'll never forget, and that was against Fort Dorchester. Double overtime. It's spivey special. But you enjoy the moments today because there'll be memories tomorrow. And so this year, you know, I will remember and I will I win honor of a guy named Ted Burns. I will do the best job I can do. Because I know in heaven he's looking down at me and he's going to tell me the week after week a little something. He'll send me a sign. I just know that's just the way Ted is. But, you know, you think about moments. Coach Hayes over at Wando, athletic director. Oceanside, they lose a coach. It was a huge, huge role player over there. Fort Dorchester. They lose a coach who not only was in the wrestling program that was in every program that was ever a program over at the fort. He would take more kids home and take them to the school, take them back to school. Man, he would do whatever he could. And it's those kind of guys, those kind of guys that programs meet across the country. And if you have those guys in your community, if you have those guys in your circle, take care of them because they're special. And they were sent with a purpose from another person way above anybody you and I have ever met. And that's a big deal to me. You know, I love doing what I do on Friday nights. I love the opportunity to do what we do here on Southern Sports Central to interview so many great athletes and players, and we get to meet parents. You know, I mentioned this in the intro to this night's show is that we did our very first ever broadcast of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. And as I'm up there in the press box, there was a lot of people thumbing up at me and listening to me, pointing to their phones. There was a lot of people that were sending me messages throughout the broadcast, and that was awesome. But it was these young kids that came and fist bumped me as they ran off the field and said, thank you. That's what made it worth it, to know that tomorrow they can go back and listen to the game that they played in tonight. That's what makes it worth it. 
you know, when you do things the right way or you do it for the right reason, guys, the reward you get is much greater than any win or loss. And I mentioned that earlier as well. As an athlete, the memories that you make with your teammates, and you can't even come close to trying to compare that. That's nothing like that. That's, that doesn't even come close. Wins and losses come and go. There's memories. There's friendship. Those last forever. You know, I want to thank everybody who's joined Southern Sports Central tonight before I get off the air. And there's so many great group of men and women that have joined us. You know, we've got multiple shows. You know, Eugene, I tell you, I bust Eugene's chops daily. But he knows I do it because I know I know he can handle the business. And our drive, our strive, is we do it for the right reason. That's for these kids. And we're going to continue to get better together. We're going to continue to bring in individuals that help us reach out to communities that we're not in yet. We're not done yet. And we just started. Tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, Everett Sands will kick off the West Foundation Sports Show. You want to check it out? We'll tweet it out here after a while. We'll put it on our Facebook pages. He'll be releasing all the guests here shortly as well. Eugene, my friend, keep doing what you're doing. I know you have that amazing kicking academy over there, and you're continuing to put out great athletes. I can't wait to watch one of these guys kick it on a Sunday, but kick it on a Saturday, and if we can make it happen on a Friday night, my man. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, this Thursday night. I got some, uh, I got several kids kicking off this Thursday night. I got one, two, three, four, five. All right, Lucy Beckham, Oceanside, Ashley Ridge, and Bishop England. Because um, I have two at, at both Lucy. One's a, one's a uh, kickoff field goal, one's a punter. Uh, the same thing over at Oceanside. Um, and so I'm looking forward to Thursday night. I got six guys on Thursday night, and one, two, three, four, five guys on Friday night. So I'm pretty excited about it, you know, to see these guys go do, do their things and, uh, you know, put on one accounts. And then I got the young buck uh, over at Ashley Ridge in the middle school, uh, I mean the youth league, uh, doing it Saturday. So big big weekend for these fellas. I can't wait to uh, try to track them all and try to see as many as I can and, and get videos for the others and see if we can always use them as teaching techniques. But, uh this, you know, I try to support them and love them as much as I can. Now it's time for them to go go to work. No doubt about it, man. And I'm going to tell you this again. The last 30 was a heartfelt show. It all came from inside right here. Eugene, the same thing. The guys and girls that are a part of what we do, every new show that's come onto this network, we are bonded together. We move together as one. From the Infinity Camps to the Carolina Experience Camp, so there were a training group of young men around the state, EP training. We are all connected, and we are all moving together in one direction. And I can't say enough how much I appreciate the support since the day that we went green right here on Southern Sports Central. I promise you this, that I will continue to get up every morning. I will continue to give 100%, putting together a best lineup of not only guys like Eugene, and other guests that we bring into this show, but also the men and women that put on shows. It's only going to get better, guys. So hold on tight. Enjoy the night. And until next time, Eugene, stay safe. God bless you and your family over there. We'll continue doing what we do over here, guys. And don't forget, tomorrow night, right here on Southern Sports Central, you can hear Everett Sands on the West Foundation Sports Show, guys. Take care. We'll see you soon right here on the network, guys.
Do you let me 